0: welcome take two, take two. <laughs> some Sometimes technical difficulties you know sometimes you have technical difficulties you just gotta work with it you push through it yes sir it's like a marathon yep not a sprint it's not a sprint well i got you here rudy Kalma. um i got some music for you to perform mm-hmm. and tell your story through all right
1: Pupuntay Usa America Sasa Masi Mama Satsama Siate
0: Pupuntayo Samerica
1: Yes yes My name is Rudy Kama and this is California Genesis of the labor of love <clears throat> Yes, yes, landing on this earth, the beginning of my verse Since a young child, I've been grappling my curse Gravel on my shirt, it's that Filipino dirt My mama took me out to fly to California earth Still, I went to church, yeah, my teeth loved love the work My uncle was a priest, and his homily superb This before I sat and Rome, my own and sipped the milk to grow the bones Before the quill took all my ills and helped my nerves Dudes who rocked your bones, Kobe rocking 24 FM radio the bone, Laffy Taffy, Rolling Stone Southern music had the throne Monte Ellis was the pro. Simply uniforms, khaki size was just a no. Daily city and it's soul, fundamentals of my pros. Parents had devotion, my pops was sipping loads. Slipping on the slope, but I'm chilling on the coast. California coast, it's that California flow. And that's California for ya. Everybody in your city wave. Hey, every city very different wave. Uh huh, uh huh, yes, yes, that's California for ya everybody in your city way mic check mic check Every city, very day. Yes, yeah, yeah. sir. I'ma hit a California stage, coast, yeah. but I don't know how to float, let alone know how to stroke. Doggy paddling the most, flowing on the low, pen and paddling. I rode steady, mastering the flow over rapids. I uphold the foundation of the knot Yeah, never slipping over to, to the, the mission. mission I, I would, would go bar to 24. I rode many coasts, but I was so so. But Joey let me vibe, exhilarating ride and debilitating time, accumulating prime, filling up my vacant mind, chasing the divine. That was hurt from my divine. Ren- Elevate my shine as I regulate my pride Open up my eye that can open up the sky It's that good labor, the labor of love Thank the above for the flavors and such, yeah It's rude boy from the ash and the cyclical dust Keep it a buck, motherfucker, is you feeling that bump? That's on, yeah, for yeah. Everybody in your city wave, hey Every city very different wave, huh I'ma hit up every city, that's California for ya Everybody in your city wave Every city very different wave I'm a hit of every city stage yeah. Yes, 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 that is California Genesis
0: mm. Off the labor. the labor of Love album uh-huh. Out now Available where I found it on SoundCloud <laughs> Oh, check
1: more. I did, I did
0: <laughs> I'm a citizen now <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> Okay Let me just get into it Can you please tell me a little bit about that lullaby? Um, Pupunta tayo sa Amerika mm-hmm. Okay, Tagalog I remember hearing it yeah. When I was listening to Labor Love And uh-huh. I was like, oh shit, oh shit We got some Tagalog on here yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. he repping.
2: Tell me a little bit about that um, so I was born in the Philippines I'm from uh, Pangasinan Santa Barbara, Pangasinan um, And that was just You know, we, we came to America When I was 5 years old In the year 2000 And that was just a lullaby My mom would actually sing to me mm. And uh, it was actually funny Because she, you know I don't know why But I, it was always comforting to me Like, you know, you're looking to move I was excited to move I was excited to go to America Because like, you know Even in the Philippines Um you know your your perception of america is is being uh given to you by t- television you know and i was like a big wrestling fan i was like yeah wrestling's in america the wwf what it was it before now it's the wwe
0: you were watching uh, a lot of wrestling in the philippines oh the yeah
2: yeah yeah stone stone cold the rock the oh. attitude era and stuff like that hell yeah but um yeah that was just something she was saying me at night and you know she would so basically it's just uh we're going to go to america you know, your sister's coming with us. I'm coming with you. We're going to America. That's like the translation of it. But when, when she would sing it, she would add like different people. Like, and like,
1: our, we I, we used to have dogs. And so she's like, Sasa Masi Torbo, Storm, Pupunta sa America. And then she lied to me.
2: They didn't come with us. <laughs> she fucking lied to me. Because <laughs> that played. shit is
0: expensive to bring a dog. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah.
2: So, I mean, I was sad when I figured it out. I think, she, I think she kept up the lie to like the airport and then I was like on the plane. And then she's like, we're, we're
1: not bringing that. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. So, so you were five. I was five years old. Uh, how come y'all immigrated? Like, what was the story behind it? And how did y'all immigrate?
2: Uh, I guess it's like the typical like American dream, I, you know, uh, they had my sister at a very young age. I think they were like f- my my mom and my mom and dad had my sister when they were like 15 16 years old. And so my dad moved moved was the first one
0: to move here first. Your parents had your sister when they were 15 or yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and
2: shit. so uh you know, my dad looked to America to go go find work and I guess that was the plan all along that to bring them over um since then
0: so your dad was here already working mhm oh so when your fa your sister was growing up in the philippines he was over here working and yeah. then he's the one who was able to like get y'all to mm-hmm, immigrate
2: mm-hmm. here and also just like the help of you know Artitas and a lot of them were here you know uh in the 80s and stuff they they came here and they, they were like my dad was has been all over the place like chicago uh you know they, and then they drove to nevada and then ending up in california and san francisco and then daily city area and stuff like that so
0: and so when you moved here where was it first when where i was, moved here when you moved yeah
2: when i moved here we uh were off of hillside boulevard in daily city um, that was my, my, tita's, uh, my tita's house on my dad's side and we, uh, we all shared, you know, all of us shared this, uh, the four of us at the time, my brother wasn't born yet, I have a little brother and, um, and we shared like a small bedroom and we stayed there for a while and then eventually we moved to Westlake in an apartment uh. And it was like one room, I think it was just one a one room, uh, one room apartment, but there was like a living, there was like a, a noticeable living room and a kitchen area and stuff like that. Stayed there for a couple of years. And then we moved to uh, the street called Abbott Avenue near uh, Susan B. Anthony Elementary, elementary school. Uh, so you daily city local. Yeah. Daily city, like moved around. Yeah. And then now where my parents live uh, is actually Colma it's like right between where Mission turns into El Camino and vice versa Uh,
0: like I think we always say it's oh there's a lot more dead people there right but I still feel it's Daily City I still feel like you can't get out of the strength of Daily City in a way like oh yeah you're coma, but you're still Daily City
2: yeah I think it's more so like a township more than like Mm. an actual like city you know but I still consider it you know Daily City
0: yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Once you have all the Filipinos surrounding you, you're like Philip. Mm-hmm. You're in Daily City. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So you've did you go to like Westmore, Jefferson? No, I went
2: when- to Reardon High School actually. Oh, so where is that again? Is that in that's in city? San Francisco? Yeah, right across from City College.
0: How come if you were living in Daily City, like was it was it a San Francisco address? Like- no,
2: I mean it was a private school.
0: Oh, it was okay, a Cap- okay. it's a Catholic school. Okay, okay, okay.
2: And so, um, you know, I, I. I i've been in catholic school since uh the third grade damn and so you know when i came here i didn't do kindergarten i went straight to first grade second grade and that was in uh jfk elementary uh which is near like if you're gonna go to the sam is it the san bruno park the mount is san that the Bruno British mountain
0: Yeah. yeah the
2: mountain area not san yeah. bruno but yeah. san bruno mountains mountain, it's yeah. on the way there and so we—that was my uh my, my only public education. And then uh, we, I went to Holy Angels for a period of time. And then Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Uh, my family's uh, big like Catholic Religious, background. You know? My my uh, my Tito is uh, a priest. So
0: I think you mentioned that yeah, in yeah, one yeah, of I your did. tracks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Uh, his homily superb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And do you think that affected how you grew up, like your point of view, like immigrate, especially being considering yourself an immigrant mm-hmm. and then assimilating here? Like, what was it with that perspective of going to like Catholic school? Um, well, thinking back on it, I mean it was
2: a it was a great privilege, you know. Um, two of my titas, uh, you know, they're not married and and they kind of rate, you know, they're like my second and third mom, and mm-hmm. I would go to them every weekend, and they showed me like. You know, eating out and going to church and like doing things like uh, like a family would do on a given Sunday and spending the weekend and going sightseeing. And I really experienced experienced that with them because my parents were always working. Um, but uh, and then the Catholic side of things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just embedded in me like like. <clears throat> I'm just so influenced by it. And the crazy thing is that I don't consider myself Catholic. Uh, when, I, when I turned 18 years old, I actually told my families, like, I don't want to be Catholic anymore, which is a whole nother story uh, yeah, to talk yeah, about. But yeah. um, but it's still a big part of my life. And a lot of the things I allude to and like metaphors, um, you'll, you'll still feel that, feel that presence, the presence of the Lord. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have also a mixed relationship with it where I do feel only recently I've been returning to an idea of a higher power. Yeah. There's something that I need in terms of a spiritual relationship with sure. something, though the institution itself, I'm not the most hype about. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, I feel I've been in so many. Um, Sermons Mm -hmm. That I can start Sermoning Like in that way That cadence When I get on a rant And start preaching About like What is right What is social justice Uh, Da 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 And I'm like Oh shit I sound like a preacher It's been so ingrained With every Sunday Some of them are beasts though Some of them are beasts Like I like the funny ones Yeah That's the ones that can Like drill you in With a certain principle Mm -hmm. But can make you laugh too And and Mm engage
2: And I think Uh part of it too was what um, you know there were still when I was in elementary and junior junior high um, they, were, they were Filipino priests mm. and then so at least I had that connection with them and I feel like they were coming from a place that was more genuine than most people right mm. and then in high school it was just a bunch of like white priests and stuff like that and then you know, um,
0: so you would be going to high school mm-hmm. uh, at that pri- at that school, mm-hmm. um, but then you would be going to churches where there's Filipino priests. Yeah. Like so, like,
2: yeah, yeah. So when you know, up until the point where I would I wouldn't stay at my uh, my titas anymore, but we would go to the same church, which is Our Lady of Perpetual Help, because it's nearby hillside. And that's where I would stay um, over the weekend when I was a, when I was a child.
0: Because mm, your parents were working,
2: working, and yeah. then they just wanted me to be supervised or whatever.
0: So you were around a lot of Filipinos already yeah. when you
2: moved here. Yeah, no doubt.
0: Okay, so there you had like a extended family, like a lot.
2: Mhm. I have, uh, yeah, two aunties. One that lives, uh, I think, by San Bruno. I never understand where her address is. I don't know why. I keep she gets frustrated because I ask her like where her address is. Like, how do you not know this after all these years? Like, I don't know. It's just the streets to me. Um, but she <laughs> do you lives. You still in have
0: like, to put it into the GPS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have to do that. <laughs> I still, I get
2: lost. But you know, it's funny as a Lyft driver. But, um, but my the one I stay with is in Hillside, and then I have another uh, tita who's married and, you know, she has a kid. And uh, she lives in Pittsburgh, near Concord. Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, yeah. It's and San Jose, too.
2: San Jose, too, my mom's that's side.
0: That's where, yeah. That's where a lot of Filipinos are. Um, it's interesting talking to different people, especially if they're immigrants, and then seeing how much of uh, influence like the environment they were in was Mm -hmm. for them growing up but specifically if or if they were around other filipinos versus if they were not i see right and because you could easily move into an area where there's not a lot of filipinos maybe it's just your family Uh or even your maybe at least aunties Versus Daily City uh-huh. Which is like Mecca of Filipinos With our two Jollibee's Yeah Right One just down the street I saw my I joint right there <laughs> Before this session I was legit thinking Do I have time To go Jollibee Like that And I was like I'll go after Yeah, I'll yeah. go after It's just right there
2: yeah, You should have gone bro We could have split on a bucket
0: <laughs> I know, I would have We, we should have been that. doing it mukbang bro mm. Like eating on yep. the podcast yeah. Maybe next time That'll Maybe be next time Session some, number two some ASMR <laughs> With the skin yeah yeah, yeah. It's crispy. It's crispy Kay. for sure. Can I get you to do uh, your n- next track? You uh, have, you actually have a plethora of tracks. I'm all for about us. performing, bro. So I wanna, I wanna <clears throat> get this second one, and it's still <clears throat> also off Labor of Love. Yes, sir. Okay, and it's actually. I am pretty hyped. There's around three songs that on that album that I really like. Yeah. And this is one of them. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah, okay, so cool. Okay.
1: My check. Yes, yes. This is called B4. For all my reminiscences out there. Hey. Yeah. Everybody got their simple time, slipping slides or whatever. Yeah. I've been missing all the simple times. Never worried about the weather, yeah Television during dinner time Never said that we were perfect Never said we wasn't hurting Many days it was disturbing I was in penny a penny Pinching filling every cent Leaving my pocket I remember watching penny Spending via credit card option I hope I be making a profit by now, yeah Feeling so deep in the ground, yeah I feel like I'm losing a round. yeah No matter how steady the bounce I've been thinking I've been missing I don't know why we focus on glory days, uh But we can shine any. Any given time reload your mind the frames you cannot replace huh? you realize you are in the now i don't know why we focus on glory days uh, but we can shine any given time reload your mind the frames you cannot replace huh? you realize you are in the now Way before messing with Pro Tools Spiky hair like I was Goku. Yeah. Time to time I had a bo-cut Reset, something no good Never felt like I was low-cool Losing money, had to go move Stubborn boy having no cool This before recording vocals Too shorted with the go-cut Follow my mama, and sister They shopping, Louis Gucci Prada and so on Pretty Wallace in a slipper She told me I get what I want if I work hard Wanted to cut me some games Chicken teriyaki all in the plate Yummy deli every lunch Never want a stunt, but I'm doing stunts Flipping at the schoolyard and make an impression, like, Ugh. like Ugh. doing some stretches too hard. Something I never excelled at. I wanted to transfer my talent to Juilliard. Practice my upward inflections the early stages of a month. My reflection of what is the evidence of my very essence. I don't know why we focus on glory days, but huh? we can shine any given time. Reload your mind, the frames you cannot replace. Huh? You realize you are in the now. I don't know why we focus on glory days. Huh? When we can shine any given time, reload your mind of frames you cannot replace. uh, You realize you are in the night. My auntie and I sit inside the side, watching Special Victims Unit Monday night. It was really time for the main event. Pedigree stunner or suplex. My artist, but pop acting all over Costa La Ruya, my auntie, dang, Sister was like, My Zephyllo Younger brother getting grown, he may be a little tall. I remember he was small. Rock the cradle, keep him calm. Now he's pushing on his own. Reminiscing about the doc's office, box office, when my pop's washing. Bart walking up the fog block and less stress. Few hard options, yeah. I don't know why we. Focus on glory days, uh, but we can shine any given time Reload your mind, the frames you cannot replace you realize you are in the now I don't know why we focus on glory days, uh, but we can shine any given time Reload your mind, the frames you cannot replace you realize you are in the now That's before produced by Sejo Froggy of the Rogue Wave Collective. That's my homie right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Collective. Yes, sir. Rogue Wave? Rogue Wave Collective. Who do you want to shout out from there? Who's in that Collective?
2: So right now, it is Sejo Froggy, Don, Swayze, uh, uh, Malachi, or King Harla. Um otherwise known as Sleepy Sleepy and uh, Alex Cannon and uh, Quinn Harris. Man, it's a bunch, we run deep. Um,
0: How do you get involved with them? Uh,
2: so I was performing, you know, I started performing live in a uh, university, UC Davis, and that's my alma mater. And so that, my freshman year, my first time performing was at this spoken word open mind, it was spoken word centric, but it was for anybody. If you play guitar, you, you, you can go, but, um, it's called six bits, and that's actually the same spoken word, uh, like open mic and like croup Ruby Ibarra, um, mm. kinda like her roots were there too. Um, that's her you know, we we went to
0: UC Damn, Davis, UC but she UC Davis pumping out some artists, yeah, fam. Yeah, yeah. And they got the Filipino Studies Center recently. Mm, you see that? I haven't the visited Bulosan yet. Center.
2: I gotta check it out.
0: UC Davis, bro. Yeah.
2: But So, you know, fast forwarding to senior year, I've been doing all these performances, meaning, uh, you know, I get some bigger opportunities. And every year uh, for, you know, Freshman Welcome Week, uh, they have this event called The Buzz. I think it's named something different now, but it used to be called The Buzz. And they would have one headliner that was like usually some type of electronic like EDM artist because that was kind of like the wave. And uh, they'd have student performers as well. And I was one of them. And I got picked up by... uh, my homie, uh, Tavier uh, uh, Maury, um, otherwise known as Dante Adisa, and he pretty much brought me along in the group, and I was just like, all right, let's rock.
1: Dope.
0: Can you talk a little bit about that song, right? I really like that song, Why Do We Focus on Glory Days? Yeah. All right. But in the beginning, you were saying a hey, shout out to my reminiscers, yeah. right? But then. You're in the song, it's kind of saying, Why do we focus on the past mm-hmm. if we got the now? Yeah. Right. And then when I was listening to that way back, I remember having like a little moment of like, Yeah, man. Because I won't, I won't name no one, but I know folks who'll be talking about the glory days in mm-hmm. high school. You know, mm-hmm. I, I played this this mm-hmm. this team, and I was so great yeah. and all that. But then it's not where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. Right what inspired that song uh what the what's the thoughts that you had about that and what message you tried to get across Mm,
2: um so you mean i i mean obviously it's it's great thinking back on you know memories where you didn't have a lot of responsibility and things were kind of just taken care of for you and that was just like my whole childhood you know um I was, I was lucky and privileged to have a lot of people look after me and, you know, especially like being funded to to go to private school by my, by my aunts and stuff like that. And so uh, that's a big part of me. But then, you know, when you don't have that, that's when you start, you know, you could stay stuck on the pass or you can just advance and just walk, you know, you know, walk the path that is less traveled or walk the path that is unfamiliar to you so it's all about you know I take lessons you take the best lessons out of the past and any trauma that you take you carry with you but also you try to learn from and turn that into you know positive energy but you got to keep pushing you know you can't dwell on it and you can't like you you can't you can't turn back the clock no matter what you do so there's no other alternative but going forward so that's kind of like the message of the song you know in terms of the hook but obviously, in the verses, I'm just talking about a lot of memories and just kind of enjoying the 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 my experiences as a child and the places I spent time spent time going, like places I ate during middle school, Yummy mm. Deli, mm. Uh, you know, Top of the Hill, Daily City. Mm. Um, so yeah, do you meditate? Do I meditate? Yeah. Um, not in like some, not in the formal sense, but I uh, I'm a big like thinker. Uh, I think about things a lot, and I ponder. Um, I spent I think after all these years, I think I've realized that I'm kind of like a recluse. Like I don't know if it's recluse or recluse, but just someone who is to themselves a like lot. A hermit. Yeah, like someone of a hermit. So you spend when you're alone, you spend a lot of time talking to yourself, and that's a form of meditation, I guess, and just kind of getting a sense of where you're at. But in terms of like formal, like hmm, no, I don't do no chance or nothing like that. But
0: I, I, I definitely consider myself
2: meditative by by nature
0: the reason i ask is because this is one of my favorite songs off the album mm-hmm. um though the another one is elevation oh yeah and in that you mentioned meditate right yeah yeah In yeah. one of the lines right that and the other one that i like is center center i to find my center do that
2: acapella for you too later on
0: hey do it bro yeah, yeah. and they all Seem meditative yeah. If you think about mm-hmm. it being the now mm-hmm. Right in this song mm-hmm. And then The find your center That's yeah. Basically what a, a lot of Meditative practices Try mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. Yoga Try to find your center And then In elevation So do you do Some for, form of Formal uh, meditation I, Not like? as consistent As I would like But, there, but you do like Practices Like Yeah actual. but it's not like The The humming Or nothing Sometimes in yoga I'll have the Um, the um like that um but then the ones i would sometimes uh use is the app like calm or headspace and they'll just guide you through of body awareness or even just be aware of your mind right or what thoughts are Mm -hmm. coming out of your mind because me personally i am also very neurotic when yeah. it comes to those big five personality traits that psychologists use to analyze, I hyperthink about a lot of things. Same. That's why I need to journal. I need to write music. I need to do poetry, like put things out, but yeah. it's very meditative. But I also have benefited from practices of, like, all right, just calm the mind meditation. Mm-hmm. I'm not as consistent as I would like to be with it, but it's always something that calls to me or that I find per- personal relevancy to yeah, it, definitely. and benefit to. So that's what I was wondering. I was like, "Hmm, I wonder I wonder because it has those themes mm-hmm. in the music. Mm-hmm. I I'm wondering to you then is the music your form of meditation? Like you writing how, and what do you get out of the creation of music?
2: yeah i mean when i when I was growing up I feel like I didn't really have a voice to express myself and my emotions um you know with with my family you know I speak Tagalog, but I guess you would call it like 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 kitchen tongue where it's like i don't read kitchen or write or read or write like academically huh. and I can't speak as fluently as as my parents or you know when you, when you when you have like a like a nursery school education of Tagalog, then it's hard to kind of find words to be able to, you know, say how you feel, your emotions, you know, expressing your emotions to your parents and stuff. And so growing up, I didn't have a voice. And then eventually, um, you know, I found hip hop music and, that became listening as a fan, that became my form of meditation and reflection and letting others speak for me, mm. people who identify I identify with and letting them speak for me. And then eventually, I just started writing my own stuff, and then it was just instant addiction. Um, and so now, my music as a genre or style is definitely meditative in its core, um because th- writing is my my form of therapy and my form of centering myself. And 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 finding a finding balance in my life and my
0: and you know my emotions. Mm. Shout out to this last song though, and mm. um, you were doing some melodies. I mean harmonies to your chorus this time. Oh yeah, I'm trying, right? Because <laughs> I know how it sounds in the recording. You're going on that harmony tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you use? Do you sing? Do you, do you used to sing? Um, when.
2: Well, I guess every Filipino has experienced singing, right? <laughs>
0: Trick question! <laughs> Trick question! We all
2: superstars. Um,
0: Have you yeah. gotten that 93
2: on the Magic yeah. Mike? You know when he's like, oh, if you're 90 and above, bigay you're 100, 100. So. But, I mean before besides karaoke which is a huge part of our life and yeah, par- yeah. party life right yeah. uh when I was younger in the Philippines I would do like singing competitions
0: What?
2: Yeah 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 and uh it's funny I had this uh this vivid memory where I actually was nervous one time and I hid in the bathroom for like 45 minutes um, and then my mom pulled me out and then I won. And then, <laughs> and uh, so I had that in the Philippines and then transferring over when I was in the fourth grade, I did choir for, for, my, for my church, uh, for my school, school's church. And that was just for a year. And, you know, I, and I was a theater kid. I had a theater background um, in high school. In I, high, school, in high here, school here. Yeah, right? here in uh, Reardon, I was part of uh, drama and I did uh, two, two musicals. I did um this original called Back to the Eighties. Um mm. and uh one Original
0: c- written by Like the, d- at the Director,
2: school? the director oh. um of the of the drama, you know, department club and also the drama teacher. And also I did West Side Story. You mm. uh, know, uh, when you're a jet, you're a jet, all the way from th-. what's funny because I was casted as a jet. <laughs> I wasn't casted as one of the Puerto Rican guys. I was like, I guess. <laughs> did you get to sing?
0: Maria.
2: No, I wasn't that guy. I was yeah. uh, in a more supporting, uh, supporting role. Uh, I had a, my uh, for back to the '80s. I had my little. I, I did my little thing. That was before puberty too. So that was my prime, <laughs> baby.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: man. When we
0: all could sing like Bruno Mars. Yeah, when everyone right? could sing like. Them. Before the losing the octaves and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember being so sad when I started getting a little deeper voice because. I was in choir in high school too and all the good solo parts mm-hmm. were tenors. Tenors. yeah. Like once you get down to baritone is a little less mm-hmm. you're like harmony and then What do you consider as? I think baritone. Baritone? Yeah. And then and then when the next one's alto, right? No, that's for so girls is soprano and alto. Oh, Okay. And then for dudes it's tenor, baritone, bass. Oh, okay. And then I ended up becoming bass too mm-hmm. and then it's a boring shit it's like doom, 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 doom <laughs> and it's just that yeah. like for the whole time I'm like okay it's important when yeah, you it's think musically yeah. but it's not like do you remember like yeah. the fucking melody of the song like that's the moment right that's the moment that's, right? that's, like the, the, moment, big that's the tenors right? you
2: kind of have to keep like this consistency as a with bass or baritone that's yeah. just kind of monotonous sometimes
0: <laughs> yeah but that's what puberty does. I mean, people are switching it back. Shout out to Daniel Caesar for doing a little more lower key songs and bringing it back. So I actually hear a lot more melodic elements in your music mm-hmm. uh, versus other just strict hip-hop rap artists. Yeah, And I think there's a influence there. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that's from? Is it the singing? Is it... Melody... Is
2: I don't know if it's a direct like there's any direct influence maybe you know I'm trying to gauge the taste of the times and Mm. you know melody is a big thing nowadays and Mm. I consider myself like a vocalist you know aside from being an MC I'm a vocalist and I'm a writer and so as a vocalist you're gonna have to want to adapt and learning how to do things and uh, having some variation in how you deliver things and deliver lines because the big moments are when things get really melodic and when it switches Uh, up and uh when, you know, you can do so much
0: with melody. And so I wanted that to be a part of my music. Dope. I'm going to table that conversation because I'm going to talk to you all about your creative process. But I'm trying to go into a little history. How did you find hip hop? How did you find music? You said you found it. What exposed you to it and Uh what began that process of writing for you?
2: Um, In terms of music that I discovered and that I was searching for, yearning for, wanting to listen to, it wasn't until my freshman year of high school because growing up, my older sister was actually pretty strict uh, she didn't want me To listen to any of like The mainstream hip hop
0: How uh, much older is your Older sister?
2: It's funny uh, All of Between my siblings and I We all have like An 8, 9 year gap Damn So she's in her 30s She's like 32 So how many siblings do you have? So I have my ate And then I have my Younger brother who's 15 Oh okay yeah. So there's and a Lila big Cairns gap here in coma with my parents Yeah that's a big gap Yeah big gap Yeah But uh, you know, So my sister didn't let me Listen to a, a lot of explicit music, um, for various reasons, and so because of that, I had this idea in my head that hip hop music at that time was my perception of hip hop. It was more so like an entertainment thing, like something to get the party going, uh. and then and so I left it because I, I left it I left it because I was thinking oh it has nothing for me. You know, my sister tells me like this is just all this like you know party music, you know misogynistic stuff or whatever, and. It wasn't until freshman year I started, you know, digging in the web. The internet's a beautiful thing, right? (laughs) internet. They can't
0: restrict you, man. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I think I was looking up like deep hip hop. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I like the uh, aesthetic, the sonic aesthetic of hip hop. It's just like the beats were banging, hard ass snares and kicks, everything, bass lines. And so um, Mm -hmm. I came across um, people like Most Deaf, right? Mm -hmm. I came came across Most Deaf, now known as Yasinbe. Um, And I was watching like this BET Cypher and it was most deaf black thought of the roots and then Eminem was in it. Mm. And so um, it's probably because he's white that it it tripped me up so much, you know, because it's such a predominantly black genre and it's black culture. um, A product of black culture. Eminem was like, oh, shit, this guy's ripping it. Like I hear the reactions, audience reactions through the TV because it's like live. And I was like, oh, ah, oh. And I was like, dang, I kinda like how that's a cool I bet that's a cool feeling. And so I mm-hmm. looked up more of his music. And, you know, I wouldn't say Eminem is like deep hip-hop, like in a sense of his his topics, his subject matter. But the way he relentlessly expressed himself in such a non-apologetic way really like hit me hard. And it was that time, it was the recovery album era where he was uh, recovering from addiction. And so he had that song Not Afraid. And so um, you know, at that given time, I was like, okay, like he's like this is the power of hip hop because um, he's he's using it as a means to convey this message to people struggling with addiction that you can overcome it. And I was like, okay, like there's more to this. Like I can keep looking, like in people's catalogs, look up Most Deaf, look up Tup- Tupac Shakur, Lauryn Hill, Outkast. Um, you know, I'm, I consider myself a student of the game, so I, I look everywhere for just like great writing. You know that's what it was like I, I really tune in with great writers so um big influences be eminem because he's such a unmatched uh, wordsmith and also his his aggression right his aggression and his uh his honesty mm. were things that stuck out and like most deaf was someone that talked about um the streets in a conscious manner and in a really like put put it in like a worldview of like what the ghetto how the how people influence the ghetto and how the ghetto influences others and like tupac shakur you know it's just like you name it there's just so much now and and it opened my mind and it opened my and again it goes back to letting them speak for me and it was just i was taking all of this in and i was i was uh learning more about myself and navigating my identity a bit more
0: yeah is it crazy how music sonically can give so much information mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot of education that's happened in life just because of the music yeah. especially hip-hop yeah especially hip-hop and the topics that are talked about mm-hmm. there
2: like stylistic, stylistically too because i'm so in love with writers hip-hop really i really tuned in with that genre because there's so much to say within the music there's so much space whereas you know like r&b and stuff like that and and other genres when you're singing uh there's not a lot of like lyrical content in the sense where you know it's uh they they get a they just get the message through in a different matter where Mm -hmm. in hip-hop you can You can fit all the words that you want. That was what I was. That was my big thing, right? I was just trying to fit so many syllables, and you can kind of see that in my. You you can still see that in my music right now that I have that big, like wordy, like, Uh um, kind of flow, Uh flow and stuff like that, just rhyming and rhyming and rhyming. But, but yeah, I was really interested in that when I was. That 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 caught my eye, caught my ear, I guess.
0: But you let the the beat breathe a little more now, and you switch it up. Mm -hmm. You switch a. You switch up the flow and the delivery and the sonic to, yeah. aspects a lot, yeah. and and that's a little teasers for one of the last two tracks that mm-hmm. we're gonna oh, hear yeah. later on, fam. Which yeah. I am psyched. Yeah. Hint: Orange cover album, mm-hmm. cover art. Um, when did you start writing though, and what um, sparked that?
2: I remember early early memories of me having a uh, the composition journal. And I was writing like was art. it the black and white? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was the the wide ruled one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I whenever I look at wide, wide ruled paper, I'm like disgusted. Like, no college rule, bro. <laughs> um, but I remember early memories of me writing like love songs, like poetry uh, and uh, stuff, like R and type stuff because I was listening to uh, Mario Mario Mario. Is that how you say his Mario? Name? Mario. And you, know, you should let me love. Yeah. You. Saw I was big on That's that. That's a classic yeah, Phil Am yeah, yeah. bro. Every mm-hmm. Filipino man. So. Shit that was my thing. And then I stopped, like, that was just like a period of time, a short period of time. And then fast forward to, uh, high school, you know, I was listening to all this hip hop freshman year came by nothing because I think I was involved in theater so much. That was my focus freshman year, sophomore year. And then junior year, I started experimenting with poetry, but I wasn't really performing it. I was kind of just rambling on, on paper, you know, um, just like my thoughts. I was, I think I was talking about like conspiracy. I was listening to a lot of Mortal Technique, and so I was like,
1: <laughs> "The government's is a scam." La, da, la, la, la. <laughs>
2: so that's what it was. And then <laughs> senior year when, was when I actually started to write to beats, um, uh-huh. off like you like beats that are already songs, or like you know, type beats before they were type beats. What on year a, was senior year? That was 2011. 2011 to 2012. So I was class of 2012, mm. and so that's when I started writing and uh one of my first songs was writing to touch the sky by kanye west and again it was just like influenced by a lot of conscious conscious uh content and rappers and stuff but uh yeah that was my first memory i don't even remember what i said but it was really whack but <laughs> I remember showing it to a homie, my homie, Tommy. And he was like, you should keep going with this. And that like fed off that, like the fact that he affirmed what what, how, what I had to say, right? Yeah. I was like, wow, this is a great feeling. Like I felt like I had something important to say and let out. Uh, uh. So I just kept going with it. And that's when I started hanging out with my manager more, uh, Joey, and he, uh, he is the creative director and CEO of Urban Native Era. And you, I don't know if you've looked into them because I, I would tag him and I would tag like his company, mm-hmm. but he uh, focuses on, he's Native American. Um, so he focuses on the Native American platform, media, uh, cl- clothing, um, and just like being involved with all things related to that. And so that was, you know, pro- that, that was kind of like, he was only making beats though senior year he was only making beats
0: he went to the same high school as you
2: yeah same high school uh reardon high school and um that's when i met him and i start. he had a microphone he had a mic- microphone and interface uh the 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 2i2 scarlet at the mm-hmm. time right and he had the he had the program no i had the program i didn't have the microphone though so i would go to uh take bart to 24th and walk uh, all the way all the way down um i forgot what his cross street is um, Just being the mission And just That's where I started Writing a lot of songs Like putting out Like mixed You know My trash mixtapes From back then uh, And that's where I was developing myself Are they still recently. online? One of them is uh, One of them uh, is I'm not gonna tell nobody yet. <laughs> I'll let that be something Like you know A get, hunt to yeah, scavenger hunt Yeah, scavenger okay. You know you can't take it down yeah. You need to leave it up I'll, I'm gonna leave it up <laughs> okay. I don't think it's, I, I, I think I've deleted enough To uh Uh enough like evidence of that past to where it's gonna be a challenge. So I'm Uh, gonna leave it I'll leave it to people to go search for it. I can tell you though, I can show you, but (laughs) I'm not willing to share that right now for people. So
0: prize for the person who finds it. Yeah. (laughs) So you started writing um when you would go into the mission to your friend's house Mm -hmm. and all that.
2: Like real raps like hooks, verses Mm. and stuff like that. That was senior year high school. Senior year high school. Mm.
0: And then, how, When did you start performing more? You mentioned a little bit when you were in at UC Davis. Yeah,
2: so that was freshman year, and my first performance was fall quarter, no, a winter quarter, um, six bits, and it was just a spoken word organization and group. So they would travel, like the core six bits, like members would actually travel elsewhere and, you know, do their spoken word and shit. But they hold open mics, you know, every other week. And so I started doing that. And that's kind of like where I started training my live performances. And I kept going. I kept going um, until different organizations, different uh, coordinators started hitting me up to perform at other places.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What did you study at UC Davis?
2: So I majored in uh, English, critical theory. And uh-huh. then uh, I did my minor in African-American studies. Oh. Yeah. What
0: would you get out of that? How come you decided to do that minor too?
2: You know, I don't think I could say that, uh, you know, uh, rewinding back to the person I was in college, I don't think I knew it yet, but I was trying to get a sense of, you know, I listened to, you know, I listen to people like Nas and Pac and I hear things like, I see no changes. I wake up in the morning and I ask myself, is life worth living? Should I blast myself? And I was like, why Why would he say that? Like, what circumstances is he in? Um, why does he feel trapped? Or why does he feel like he needs to, he has suicidal thoughts? And obviously, you know, it, it, it stems to like the, brand, you know, just the overall thing of like mental health and stuff like that. But you are also uh, a product Of your environment and so I wanted to understand more about like the environment that you know black folk in America and just worldwide but just like focusing in America like where they were coming from so I could see so I could kind of get a feel for it and, and genuine understanding and I think that helped me with my my ethic my ethics I guess my morality and the things that I choose to say and the things that I choose not to say um, because there's just a lot of, there was just a lot of content that I've never, I never thought would, would be true. You know, it was never expressed in school, you know, in, in my middle school, high school. And, and so, you know, minoring in that definitely shaped my, the way, the way I perceive things and my, my, uh, I guess my artistic license in a sense, you know, cause again, you know, I am a you know, Filipino person in predominantly black genre and culture, mm. Mm. You know,
0: how do you feel about navigating that kind of position within hip hop as somebody who's Filipino, but in a predominantly, cult, in a culture predominated by um, African American black musicians mm. and rooted, arguably rooted in the um, African African American experience in New York with the Afro Latino influence as well, Caribbean. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think to this day I still think about it. And kind of, kind of struggle with it. I, sometimes I feel like, am I deserving to be on this platform? Am I authentic enough? Is my experience authentic enough to be, to be put side by side with another person? Um, and. But that was, that was deep in my mind, like you know, growing up in, in, in school and stuff and writing music. And, and I was really like paranoid about that. And I guess the one thing that kind of helped me feel more comfortable in the space was by actually going to um, these events where it was, you know, being coordinated by black folks and stuff like that. And it's basically like the idea of like going to your turf and then just showing out, just like see what happens and see if they're going to, you're going to see if they don't mess with you, like if if, if uh, they get a sense you're not authentic and stuff. And I was getting more invites from, from folks um, around that circle and uh, I felt a little more comfortable, but I still definitely think about it to this day, you know? about my place in the genre, in the in the bigger, the larger culture, right?
0: Could you give me, uh, what's the difference between Rogue Wave Collective and the new, and the urban, native, urban...
2: Oh, urban, urban, native era?
0: Urban, native era and Rogue Wave Collective.
2: Well, Rogue Wave Collective is a, um, is, uh, is like a unit of artists and we're mostly dealing with music, but we have graphic designers, uh, cinematographers and stuff like that, but it's music, it's all focused on music whereas urban native era um is is just ha- it happens to be my manager's company mm. um and that's what what he runs and he some of the resources he has there he helps me out and kind of like shares it with me and stuff like that so that's non-music mm. even though they're doing uh urban, oh, native so the
0: urban native era is non-music yeah it's yeah he's not like
2: He's not producing music. I'm just being managed by Joey, who is the CEO of Urban Native. Air. Oh,
0: okay, okay. Yeah. So in terms of this professional career uh like direction, where do you see yourself taking music since you do have a manager, you mm-hmm. have you are in this world of performing yeah. consistently and all. Mm-hmm. What's your goal and where do you see your direction going?
2: You know, my ideal goal is to I don't think I th- i'm sure i'll spend some time in los angeles or like those big cities like new New york los angeles or whatever or maybe even atlanta right but i want to stay in cal i want to stay in california within california and i kind of want to just i'm not big on like like going to places like that and trying to make it i guess in a sense and that's why i feel like it's great that the internet is here because it gives um artists a ton of reach and uh exposure without having them pressuring themselves to move anywhere. Um so I definitely wanna stay I wanna be back in the Bay Area. So right now, you know, I'm I was raised here but uh I live currently in Sacramento.
0: Oh, uh, word!
2: Yeah, that's where I came from. Oh, I didn't tell you that. Shit, no, that's a drive, fam. <laughs> yeah, so Sorry. I came. So I came from, you know, because I couldn't afford to go back. You know, my parents live in an apartment. I am my own engineer, and I engineer for other people. I need a dedicated space, um, with with enough isolation to where no one's gonna complain. You know, a hole in the wall apartment here is like fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred, or more, right? And I can't do it at my family's just f- for the sake of being like. I feel uncomfortable, like just like yelling out and then paper thin walls and hear my dad like <laughs>
0: um, I'm but, trying to mix, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah,
2: so I moved to Sacramento because uh I got a nice hookup with a house where I have a room and I have a actually make my music out of my garage mm. right now, mm. and so it's been really nice, no one complains, I have my my space, my girlfriend lives in Sacramento too mm. and But
0: I hear the prices are starting to go up in Sacramento too. It's going to change. Yeah. I hear there's more developers going out there. I have a friend that commutes from Mm -hmm. um, Sacramento too for school. And Mm -hmm. she's just saying like, there's a lot more development. Yeah.
2: You know what it is? There's so much land up there. And all these counties are developing fast. There's a county called Placer County. And uh, I was talking to a passenger, you know, driving Lyft. And he's like, Yeah, it's one of the fastest developing, you know, regions and counties in the United States right now, building a bunch of suburban homes. Um, so it's gonna change in 10 years. To yeah, five, yeah. It's like five to 10 years, it's all gonna change. And once I think right now they're trying to figure out, because Sacramento and those regions are prone to flooding a little bit. So once they get that handled, um, you're going to start to see a lot more development and construction.
0: Yeah. Damn. Okay, so you... Thanks for making it out, fam. Yeah. I would not drive that far. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a lift passenger on the way here?
2: No, No. You didn't I do wish. that thing where you could... You know, it's not as efficient as, as efficient? Uh, you would think it is.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So you... Actually, I have music questions, but I want you to do a song for us, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this one is called Pizza Man. I Pizza actually man. saw a r- recording of you performing this on So Far Sounds, mm-hmm. I believe. Okay, see, I do my research. Yeah, I seen this shit. You on your Nardwar? No. Yeah, no. No, not not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not you don't yet, be
2: digging no. that deep. <laughs> not that is it deep. worth digging that deep? That's the real question.
0: <laughs> no. I already but. know all the deep shit of all Filipinos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. We've bro. all been pile up, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only difference is what they use. What they use. Yeah. <laughs> Chinelas, belt, or the mm. the bamboo. <laughs> yeah, the belt is when you're in trouble. <laughs> the belt, bro. Let's not get into that traumatic shit, or else I need some therapy right now. let's not. (laughs) But we got Pizza Man. Mm -hmm. Let's go.
1: Hey, yo, driver out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, check,
2: mic, check, mic, check. One, two. Yes, sir. Uh
1: huh, uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh, uh huh. Yes, sir. Yeah Ripping my Corolla, delivering your odor. I couldn't catch the finals and Curry hit that floater. Walking through the solar, 89 degrees. Hoping that you tip so I can pay off all the fees. Caught up in a maze, I'm trying to come up on some cheese. Customer complaints about the quantity of cheese. Boy, like cheese. I try to keep it contained. The late nights get grimy and I'm feeling the strain. I mean, hey, at least I'm pulling my weight, but I'll be using all my pens up just to sign the receipt. I mean, sheesh The time I live in is strange But I try to hide my guilt As I'm on my way, hey No, my spine, I go my way I know my rights, I hold my fate I know how rocks might come my way I must not stop When the town is in all of the lights out, hey. I'm still roaming down this road on my own Yeah Falling off the edge of my mind now hey. Yeah, I'm holding on this note that I wrote Yes Deliveries to mansions and trailer park homes Banging on the door is a motherfucker home Deliver to undergrads who barely cook on their own Reminiscing the camp through boxes of mediums Put in a CD of the chronic and bump it loud Listening to damn the bucket, listen to cow your many styles, summoning inspiration Coming home in the night, pondering innovation Avoiding intoxication and fearing that time is wasted It could be a verse in an hour or 30 days Lava the pearly gates Fire on murky plains Afraid that I may tire Expire will burn the page, yeah. I got some homies That I really wanna see But I gotta get this honey In this colony of bees Like allocate this money To support the family Like only time relaxing When it's due to catch them sleep my the uh, town is in All of the lights out I'm still roving down This road on my own Yeah I've fallen off the edge of my mind now yeah. yeah, I'm holding on this note that I wrote And when the town is gotten all of the lights out I'm still roaming down this road on my own Yeah, I've fallen off the edge of my mind now yeah I'm holding on this note that I wrote
0: Yes hey. hey. And it'll be like hey can you can you just leave it by the door?
2: I've had that, that's real life. <laughs>
0: you didn't add the skit here. I didn't this. just
2: because uh you know I've, I've is this the cut like a cut down version? Yeah just yeah. a different version just because like sometimes um, this might be the version for like bigger performances where a skit isn't really yeah, necessary yeah. to have. In the middle. But I, you know, in So Far Sounds, I, uh, I had that skit
0: yeah. for
2: a couple of times, but yeah.
0: So you were a pizza man.
2: Yeah. Uh, so post grad, you know, I was, uh, it was a hard time because I was. Uh, I had just graduated and I was still working my student job and you know there's a time limit on that you know yeah. there's a certain So you point. graduated
0: 2017
2: 2016 2016 Summer I did uh summer a summer session so I graduated summer of 2016 and after that uh I had until uh fall quarter you know to find another job so I was working at at the gym uh the, the activities recreation center in UC Davis and uh, and so eventually um you know I didn't find I didn't find a job, and I was just kind of unemployed for a while, for a couple months, and so I was like, "Man, like I'm just kind of in the gutter right now, right?" And so I just applied for Domino's because it was more than minimum wage, like you make tips and stuff like that. And It's a busy college town, and so they, you know, they they employed me, and I was grinding out for like a year and a half doing that job, um, but you know, I'm thankful for it because for one it you know that's cool song came out of it but <laughs> <laughs> and also because you know they it was just a, it, it let me gave me some time to breathe a little bit and not feel too much pressure because i was making some pretty decent money you know it's like 16 17 per hour and plus be, tip or that's like with tip that's you like know with like tip, yeah and it also depends on the you know time of year and stuff like that. And I worked night shifts. I was closing all the time. So no matter what, I it was always making above 15. And you know, minimum wage is, was still like 10 or 10.50 10. at the time. And I know 15 here is nothing. 15 is the minimum wage
0: here, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah just hit in San Francisco. But that's San Francisco. San Francisco. Not What's Daily, Daily City? City. I think Daily City is still around 10 to 12. Oh, that's around that. Damn. Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I sorry, So... Dude. We don't have those initiatives yet. Uh, The In N Out here, though, does like starts at 16. Mm -hmm. Don't they have like benefits or whatever? Oh, no, Um, it's Trader Joe's.
2: That's Trader Joe's. Okay,
0: Trader Joe's. And Costco is good. Costco, yeah. Yeah, I think they have benefits, like good ones too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but other stores, still like 10 to Mm -hmm. 11, like that. Yeah. At least you got a good song out of it. Yeah. And you performed that hella. Like, I know I've seen. That was my
2: single from the project
0: and it came out like way before like the whole labor of
2: love october 24th or october 25th
0: so tell me um what was the process of this labor of love where did where did idea come from how did you put the album together uh the songs the concept because let me preface i got the homie shout out to the i don't know if he wants to be named but Uh shout out to the homie he was telling me yo Labor of Love was one of the top projects for him. Oh, really? Of that year. Yeah. Man. That's
2: dope to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, t- I'll yeah.
0: let you know who said that after. But okay, he, cool. we were like chopping it up yeah. about the different releases, especially within Phil Am community yeah. and stuff. Like, Labor of Love was on. That's on, good. That's it's great. solid, bro. It's that's, solid. That's great to hear. So tell us, what was the original conception, the ideas, where it came from? Um, I think, you know, performing all throughout, making
2: music uh, in throughout throughout university and stuff like that you know you you think you're gonna be at a certain point after you graduate like you're gonna be like oh yeah i'm gonna have my manager i'm gonna have i'm gonna have performances lined up like all the time that's gonna sustain me i'm gonna make money off music purely i'm gonna start making songs there's gonna start getting some exposure and um the closer uh, graduation came the more pressure i felt because i still it wasn't music was not a sustaining like income right so i just felt so much pressure and i was putting out these like some some songs that i kind of didn't like I just didn't mess with it artistically, like, and I felt like I was pressured because I wanted it songs that that wanted a bang or like entertain in a way that your your average consumer would would like eat it up, right? But it just wasn't working. That wasn't working out either, right? So
0: you put out songs that once you listen to it, you weren't necessarily fully vibing with.
2: Yeah, no. and to me that was like, you know, after I put out a couple a couple of those, no, I only put out one. There's one song, and it's out, but I don't want to name it just because like. <laughs> You know, I don't want to make it seem like it's an insult to the producer or anything. Uh, I uh, it's purely just like a artistic choice, a self choice yeah, yeah. that like I made that was like the wrong choice, right? And it just, I just think that shit was whack. Um, so, and then just writing more attempts, the songs that haven't come have, have never been released, but just attempting to do the same formula, and I feel like that it it hit me hard because I felt like I was betraying betraying myself, like betraying my. My, uh, I guess, my my creative mind or my my purpose, I guess, my original purpose was to, you know, seeking, you know, therapy and being able to speak for others and eventually being a figure where, like, you know, if, you know, I, I was there with you too and you, you look where I am. That's where, that's what I really try to make music for, um, aside from the therapy, but to also the kid that doesn't know how to express himself. Like, like, look at me, you know, you may not be, ra- you may not want to rap like me or like do music like the way I do it, but I am a crea- you know, I'm a, a Filipino artist, like creating and doing this. And, you know, there's a path for you no matter what. So that's kind of like my, my my goal is, or my, my impact that I want on people. Um, but anyways, I was just really disappointed, right? I was really disappointed in the songs I was making, and then I made this song called "Anoba." I don't know if you listened to that. I don't
0: think. I've oh, really? It. No,
2: no, no. Okay, so that was kind of like a, a big release for me. And I was, I think, it was inspired a lot by like Isaiah Rashad and uh, from TDE, and mm-hmm. uh, Frank Ocean came out with uh, "Blonde," and I was uh, listening mm. to his, his his stuff and just I was really inspired from it, and it kind of recentered me um it's funny how art how you can kind of look at another artist and you you get so much inspiration and you feel like they would just they had just gone through the shit you went through and now you're like inspired. you know you're back on it right you're back on the path um, so you
0: felt that with frank ocean's blonde yeah 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 no doubt it's good um
2: and isaiah rashad too and so i made anobah and that was kind of like the 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 preface to the labor of love because after that i was just grinding i was like i'm gonna make songs the way i want to to make songs that i love you know because there was that period of time where i was trying to impress other people like and it was just too much of that and so i really just went in you know went into myself and as it's titled it's a labor of love labor of loving your art labor of loving myself as a person and also as a creative and um just like a lot of, it pushed me. It pushed me lyrically, musically, and it pushed me um, as an engineer too, uh, an audio engineer because i really spent so much time like after close i would i would listen to all my my drafts my rough mixes you know delivering pizza and i would compare to it gave me the chance that's why the pizza job was so dope because i was listening to pro- referencing you know i had playlists i was like mm-hmm. this is my reference so i have my song and then a song that kind of sounds mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. and see if it if it matches up if it if it competes and so i was really just pushing myself it was such a ex- Looking back, it was so exhausting because I'd be back from closing and be like 2, 2 uh, a.m. or 3 a.m. and I would just be on looking at tutorials and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it, that whole process—it's—it's it's almost a blur right now mm. because I feel like I was just like blacked out. I was in the moment. I was just cr- just relentlessly creating, and that's kind of right now. I'm in the process of making another uh, album. Another project that actually I'm kind of firm with in terms of the idea and like a name for it and I'm um, kind of getting in that, <laughs> that zone mm-hmm. and like my girlfriend's kind of getting scared because I'm more busy like I'm more pre my mind is sometimes can be elsewhere especially when I'm thinking about music so um, is about it's going to be that this period of time where I'm, I'm going to be in the zone again mm. So you also mix the whole album yourself? Yeah, I mixed it myself. Mm. Yeah. Like stems, everything. Like mm. it wasn't just a two track like a beat and then my vocals. Like mm. I, I spent a lot of time learning about different elements of mixing and beating my head with books and shout out to my girlfriend for purchasing uh the waves uh gold uh pack uh plug-in bundle for me
1: damn
2: that was a game changer right and then eventually i started saving for more different plugins right and uh and she actually got me my uh, pure mix subscription for you know, music engineers. Um, that is a educational resource, and they have famous mixers, producers uh, come on and do tutorials of like real songs that they did, like Red Hot Chili Peppers and yeah. Pharrell and and stuff like that. So, yeah,
0: damn, you went the total opposite direction of a lot of audio engineers by getting the real version of the plugins because a lot of my whole engineer friends got the cracked waves bundle oh, of I, all the
2: <laughs> I have a I have a thing where it's like I can't I can't like bootleg stuff anymore because uh, uh. it's like er- running into errors like I can't afford that like uh, I can't afford uh. to lose lose something while I'm on the on the path on the trajectory uh, uh. right so I have I'm to not get saying it like I that. have it because yeah, no. this
0: is going online I'm not saying I uh. I just know people that have the waves
2: everything's legal
0: out <laughs> yeah but that's dope because Me coming from more of the mixing background and like knowing the process of that, that's a a very time-consuming, very almost hypnotic state when you are mixing, Mm -hmm. but also your ears change during the mixing process Mm -hmm. because it can also be acclimated to a certain sound Mm -hmm. and then you don't realize that it sounds that way until... Two weeks later mm-hmm. and you re-listen to it, you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to lower this, the vocals are too high. Mm-hmm. And then you're like,
2: okay, and you have to revisit, yeah. revisit, revisit. It's such a crazy process. I wish I never even tried mixing because now I'm invested, right? And now I'm like committed and I want to just keep mixing and stuff like that. But man, it's a, it's a hard, it's a craft for sure. You're like saying, anything else. Yeah. Are you saying you mix for other people right now too? Yeah. You know, mixing for the squad, mixing for uh, other people I'm close with, I'm affiliated with, and stuff like that. So there's gonna be a lot that I, uh, I'm gonna have my hands on, which is a growing passion of mine. Yeah. And since I've been engineering myself ever since I started, um, I mean, legitimately, I got Pro Tools 2016, that was like my real start. Um, not to say you can't mix with anything else Mm -hmm. Uh, fuck what anyone says you can mix with Adobe uh, Adobe Audition if you wanted to Mm -hmm. music that's where I mix some stuff like mixtapes off that
0: live comes out good yeah mixing on live it's all
2: about levels it's all about levels performance levels performance and music when it comes to end of the day
0: you know the um, I do not know a lot of artists that also mix Mm -hmm. themselves Um, but also coming from like the background of mixing, I do appreciate like good mixes and yours definitely is, I can see the quality of it when you also reference that you use reference tracks. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big thing too. Mm -hmm. But when you were saying about that you mix for people and the people that you fuck with, Mm -hmm. like I've done Work Mm -hmm. as a um, mixing engineer Mm -hmm. For projects that I don't really like And that shit sucks your soul Mm. That shit is so bad Like Uh, when you have to mix for something That mm -hmm. isn't really like dope And Mm -hmm. then that's when I realized I don't want to be a mix engineer <laughs> especially live mixing, yeah, 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 I did a live mixing gig down mm-hmm. in l a and then it was for this uh I remember vividly in this bar for this mm-hmm. old like seventies glam rock yeah. uh cover band where they came in with tights mm-hmm. and they were all divas, yeah I was like, this is not worth even this twenty bucks an hour, yeah. like I need to go back to like music that I like, yeah and stuff, and it is also a different experience when you are mixing something that you like you can spend like th- mm-hmm. an hour on something like this this little passage and trying to get the levels correct mm-hmm. and you're like fuck it's already two hours in yeah like that and just time flies. yeah you lose
2: that. time and you get tired too like you know it was like i speak on it a little bit too but it was definitely like hurting my relationship mm-hmm. not just with like my you know my partner but also like friends, family, and stuff, and not making a lot of time, just because I was so into what I was doing, and when you are not doing that, you're exhausted, you know it's like you have energy at the time, I'm just going, i'm just I'm mixing, I'm mixing I have all the energy in the world, but once you're done, and you you like you gotta meet your your parents or something, you're just like exhausted, and you're like, "Oh I don't think I can make it today, or mm. um
0: so yeah, so you feel that process of labor of love also was a pressure on your relationships.
2: Yeah. But maybe that is maybe that is what you have to go through when you are working towards one your craft but also, you know, loving yourself, mm-hmm. right? You kind of have to you kind of have to stay within stay stay within your space and you know evaluate work on yourself and evaluate yourself and kind of distance yourself from loved ones. Um because then, after 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 that process, you're able to communicate with them better, and you're more open to things.
0: Mm. Um,
2: yeah. How do
0: you know when a mix is done?
2: Uh, it's hard to say. I don't have the answer for that. Um, for Welcome, m- to <laughs> Welcome to Pensado's place. Welcome to Pensado's place. I want to be interviewed for that shit too. Um, man, you know, see, you are an audio engineer. You know, you know some of the references and stuff like that. You know that. your shit we, too. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but.
1: Well, what was the questions? How do you ahead. know <laughs> for you when, mix is done. when your
2: mix is done? Yeah, I guess one thing I kind of gauge is if I close my eyes and I listen, and nothing interrupts my listening process. So if I can get through a track and feel like, and generally feel like, yeah, that was a cool experience. Like nothing seems sta- stagnant. Nothing was too static. Uh, that's what it is. a static mix is like mm. a, a mix that's not has no movement. No, no, like real groove change and stuff like that no mm-hmm. energy right mm. so i guess now that's a, a real method that i actually use but even if i am satisfied i'll still like i'll still just work on it you know what do you start with on a mix uh so given give after vocals
0: in general when in you general start, so do you go vocals first
2: yeah so i mean the labor of love was not produced by me, so mm-hmm. it was a bunch of different producers, including uh, Sejo Froggy and also uh, Sleepy Sleepy, another dude in the squad, and uh, any anyone else. Yeah, just those two guys. Uh, but um, you know, I would start with you know getting the loop of the beat, and I'll write to it. I'll write to it until the song is done, and then I'll start recording. Record my vocals, uh, you know the usual like in, in a, some type of order like hook first or verse first, and just just doing one by one and stuff like that. And uh, after that, I'd get get the stems um, because I hate mixing like two tracks because it's yeah. just like so crip it's crippling yeah. like um, you can't you can't do much with it you know, but m- mixing with different. Individual multi tracks, you know, that's when you can really get your refined things and also bring your personality into the mix So like for anyone who wants to be a mix engineer You got to start messing with some stems to discover what your like style is and what you what you what you really want to shine in Because you can only do so much EQing mm-hmm. multi band compression mm-hmm. on,
0: a, on a on a beat one beat file but uh, but it is cool some people have been putting deep tutorials on how to expand a two uh, on a on a two track mix yeah because right? technology like, is crazy now yeah, you can do yeah. so much yeah, plugins these, do like five things at once and it sounds great yeah they do they they expand one stereo track into so many mm-hmm. different like its own stems mm-hmm. just by isolating certain mm-hmm. pieces i'm like okay but that's a whole another process yeah. that's a whole another process so, yeah so, so when I'm, you go back yeah
2: so yeah you know i have all the stems and then i'll do a general uh you know uh, gain staging so just balancing the, the sound without any no no effects or anything like that just making sure everything's generally at the level that I would think sounds dope
0: throughout so you do or do you do automation also like uh, volume automation at
2: the yeah I, I would do volume automation it wasn't heavy on the labor of love it's more he- it's more so now because I have a I have a I have a, uh, a small console like a Mackie mm-hmm. automated fader and that's what yeah. makes it fun you know yeah, it's yeah. boring to do that shit on the mouse yeah to yeah, kind of yeah. just like yeah. fuck oh, fuck yeah but uh I would do some automation and I would do... But yeah, after I gain stage, I do some processing. That's when I start uh, mixing down. That's the fun stuff. Um, mi- mixing down the vocal, uh, adding some finesse, some flair, some 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 attitude to like different elements of the mix and then, uh, then mastering and then mastering. I would master it myself too. Um, it's a lot of responsibility and um, I don't know if I pull it off well personally, um, but... I also look at mastering as a separate craft that yeah. I'm trying to better yeah. myself at because it's more than just making it loud. A lot of people are just
0: like, yeah, just put a limiter on it. So in your loudness wars, right? Uh, are you a negative zero uh, point one uh, threshold limit on my limit on yeah. my limiter yeah. on my final limiter? Yeah,
2: um, negative zero point three.
0: Point three, you go yeah. point 0.3. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's okay. like
2: a little gem that I I discovered when you're because inevitably you're gonna crush in terms of competing i listen to to professional uh, masters they're all crushed there's no way that a, a mix can be that dynamic and that loud at the same time cuz zero is zero so you're just bringing everything up eventually everything stops at a certain point and then all of the the quieter elements start start pushing forward in the mix and that's like a pop it's, it's also like that's like a pop sound
0: mm-hmm.
2: so a little gem i learned would be to uh, have your kicks uh be the loudest. Mm. Have your kicks be the loudest. Have your bass like negative six. This is all like super nerd shit. Uh, um but have your bass like neg like negative six below the kick and then like this a this is pre mastering? Uh yeah, this is like pre like this is your final mix. Mm-hmm. Like in my final mix, you my, hit my my, point my negative my, six. Not not in terms of uh actual like decibel, like my kick is the loudest, right? and that could that could be at any any um any anywhere on the master depends on how how uh what, how loud you export your mix right mm-hmm. so i 'll have my kick the loudest and i 'll have my snare and my vocal next, and then uh my bass will be surprisingly not as high as you think it would be because once you start limiting that, your kicks are going to get uh your kicks are gonna get limited really hard but everything else is is still gonna like sound nice and dynamic and cool and mixers uh kicks is kicks are so uh like uh low frequency energy it's it's not too bad to to like to limit that you know
0: your bass was good in the zone yeah in, in the zone the yeah bass yeah. stood out it's cool getting well.
2: yeah mixes are getting better for sure uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh
0: okay you and your nerd shit i see respect okay yeah so do you see yourself still doing the mixes in this next project that you're doing or i know you're not gonna try to outsource
2: no not right right now i can't afford that shit (laughs) that's really what it is it's like if i could then i would and that kind of leaves a certain level of responsibility out of my hands um but i don't mind because i love mixing like Mm. i love spending time like Getting something right and just listening to
0: a snare drum for like an hour <laughs> mm, I feel it yeah so in that sense, can I please have a performance of this it's a shorter track oh yeah but it's called see it through Oh, I
2: forgot I sent that yeah let, yeah we could okay. do it
0: let's do this
2: okay okay okay
0: Oh yeah. I know this one yeah
2: yeah. One, two, three. You
1: and me, we gon' see this through. We, we gon' take some Ls, we gon' keep the groove. You and I, we gon' last a night. <laughs> we gon' change my your face. Th- we gon' roll the dice. You and me, we gon' see this through. We gon' take some Ls, we gon' keep the groove. You and I, we gon' last a night. We gon' change my chain, We gon' roll the dice. I learned selflessness from my papa Got resourcefulness from my mama Got work ethic off of my sister Hope my brother think a role model Hope I work enough for my partners Knock these voices out of my head Lola told me follow my gut I may bust society of your ribs It's not pride providing conscience And, and, and nights fighting with fierce. Despite all of that There were many times in with a roof intact No true in fact they have flaws But it's difficult to stack cards everybody at odds Put yourself in their shoes Sprint and finish that strong Boy I doubt that at all Hey, rats attack these cash claw I'm gon' last a match and act tall Y'all can't flatten me for that long Cause my battery don't lack charge Shift my mind to find the bright stars Even clips that dynamite to strike hard Keep that spine aligned to fit a vine Reply for putting all your might to fly on Oh, You and me We gon' see this through. Hey, We, we gon' take some air. Hey, we we don- gon' keep the groove yeah. Yeah. You and I, we, we gon' last a night We, we gon' change your fate We gon' roll the dice hey. You and me, we, we gon' see this through We, we gon' take some L's We, we gon' keep, keep the groove <laughs> You and I, we gon' last a night We <laughs> gon' change our fate We gon' roll the dice
0: As often
2: as I perform these songs it, My memories... It, Can fade a lot sometimes (laughs) So I apologize for that I actually forgot I sent that one in Oh word? Because I was rehearsing in the car That's usually Uh, how I rehearse I I rehearse in the whip And so I forgot I sent that to you That was like a last minute thing
0: Hey, all good All good, fam It was a good performance still I was listening to this song in the car Actually coming over Because I was listening to Labor of Love Mm -hmm. And I was getting a Quemini vibes from the beginning
2: Yeah, man Oh, like me. And- oh, okay. I see. Is no, that one no, try? No, me no, and you, your mom and your no, cousin too. So,
0: doo, doo,
2: doo, oh, okay. Doo, doo. Because
0: it sounds a lot like the. Um, let's see if I, if I remember it right. Unless unless I'm remembering "Aquemini" by the, Outcast differently, it has like a similar vibe. Boom! Boom! And I don't know why it's not playing But Tell me um, What um, direction are you trying to take your music right now?
2: Direction I just want to continue to perform live Get a lot of gigs uh, Work on my I'm a big album guy Um, That's really what I work towards I'm pretty stingy with singles uh, Uh, I don't like to do a lot of singles anymore I'm big on creating a nice like project, so that's the type of creative direction I want to take with my music. I kind of want
0: to make an impact with like great projects. Uh, so tell yeah. me now, you alluded to it a little bit, that you have another project coming up. You're working on it right now. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about what the process is like with this new one. Uh Now that you've already had the experience of the first one, what are some of the new lessons that you probably have learned from Labor of Love? Mm -hmm. How are you approaching this new project and what the process looks like? Give us a little insight for also with the framework of other creatives to Mm -hmm. learn from this.
1: Yeah,
2: so I mean, for me um the labor of love conceptually was uh was really entirely for for myself like straight up like i was really selfish with if i know i love it and like i'm just gonna put it out in the world and if you don't like some of them that's cool with me but i i really stand by those tracks so
0: um so we pause real quick um, what was the time frame of the writing of the songs of Labor of, Love Labor of Love to the release oh it was like a year and a half a year and a half yeah okay from the initial conception idea. yeah okay
2: yeah so um, so with that and then this next album so the previous album Labor of Love I was really focusing on myself and then this next album I'm actually wanting to kind of speak on things within my community more and kind of Use my voice as a means of one, uh, like educating myself, but being able to educate others too. And I guess I had to start with the labor of love because, you know, I felt kind of lost and I feel like I wasn't, I couldn't be a voice because I wasn't, I didn't have everything together. I wasn't centered, you know, at that point. Right. And so now with a little more confidence and being able to put out this, put it out the previous project. Uh, I want to do. I want to use my voice more to uh, have a a more societal message. I guess you know. Um, So that's conceptually. That's what how I am approaching it. I am also producing a lot of the tracks Mm. um, on on this project. Uh, I have like nine track demos right now, and I've produced like eight of them.
0: Mm.
2: And it's crazy because they're coming so fast. But I know it's because. uh, I'm 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 just trying to get the essential like stuff down with the beats but I still have a lot of work to do in terms of adding more elements and automation percussion groove focusing on groove there's so much as a producer you have to focus on um that's why I really you got to respect your producers for show um, and I kind of learned that I learned that from The Labor of Love because I would see these stems meaning I would see all these things stripped down and I could like mute the melody and just hear the drums as like wow like this like the way he did this was tight. Like, okay, so he did this here to make it have this type of impact. Oh, but mm-hmm. he stripped it out at this, so it would feel this way. And so when I was mixing this, mixing the labor, I was learning a, a little bit more about the producing side. And then my, in, eventually, I got interested and I started thinking like, okay, I got to start producing myself too because, um, I don't know. For one, like. I can just like depend on myself to get things done. And then, in terms of like uh, discipline and stuff like that, but also I want to be able to create some like moments and be and say, like, yeah, I like, I thought about that, you know? Mm, mm. Um, So, yeah.
0: And so, what is your process now? Like, do you set, set aside time in the day to like sit down and write? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have a schedule Do you work Mm -hmm. off inspiration What does the actual logistical process of creation And creative process look like for you
2: Yeah so there is For me it's like there is Different phases There's learning Which is basically just me reading books uh, Watching tutorials Learning Learning concepts Practicing concepts um, Executing them and then committing and so that those are like my big things that I'm that I do on on a daily basis so I could not I like I could not make a beat for a day but is because I spent six hours learning about Ableton like the 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 DAW itself and like how to do things and then but but yeah, so now what I usually do is that I'm just, I would just like make a beat. I don't make a whole lot of beats um, because maybe the type of person I am, if I just have too much, if I'm just creating too much, I start forgetting forgetting them. And like, I I feel like I just want to beat on that shit until I can clearly see if it has potential or if it doesn't have potential to go anywhere. And so I'm making the beats first and now, and then I write after. That's always how it's been. I, I never really write without a beat. hmm um, I'll have melodies, like I'll record voice memos on my phone if I think of a dope melody or if I think of like, uh, it's usually cause I'm thinking about a beat, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing. What's funny is that I wrote, I've written all of my project at the airport parking lot in Sacramento international, because that's where I would wait to go pick up passengers. <laughs> so I think Lyft drivers are just kind of like seeing me. I'm just like, <laughs> and they're just weirded. out I was like, "What is this kid doing?" And I was like, "Is he talking to
1: someone?" <laughs>
2: like, is he singing to himself? So I wrote. So I've been. That's kind of been a change, actually. I've been. I've been writing at the at this fucking airport parking lot, and uh. And so I'll write it. I'll record it, and then after that. Um I'm writing in pieces. Usually I don't usually I don't record until I'm done writing the whole song. Mm. But now I'm recording in pieces because I uh, nuanced my uh, my 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 template a little bit for tracking to track better and and just be more efficient at it. So now I'm doing things piece by piece, um, which is great because I can kind of sit on my words. It's different when you're saying it and different when you hear it, yeah. when it's recorded. So. so do you
0: re-listen to it? Once yeah. you have like a mini demo.
2: Yeah, so like I'll have a hook, right? I'll just have a hook and I'll listen to that. I'll place it like generally like 16 bars after and then the hook, 16 bars after then the hook. And, and I'll listen to it at the lot and then I'll just kind of come up with the verse mm. and then vice versa. You know, I'll have a verse and then I'll just keep, I'll record it and then listen in the lot and then I'll just come up with a hook.
0: You have a very intimate relationship with your car. And the sound. and Yeah, right? you
2: know, I mentioned my car a lot.
0: <laughs> Bro, that's the classic audio engineer space like yeah. to listen to your mixes in the car. Your car
2: mix is uh, arguably the most important.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, you know, we do mix for laptops and mixing for phones. But the car is where everyone wants to slap their music, you know, mm. like the OXCORD, OXCORD mm-hmm, mm-hmm. col- culture. Where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, for like, what you got? What type mm-hmm, of play? Mm-hmm. Play? What kind of? What kind of heat you got? Mm-hmm. Like, bump that shit. So yeah.
0: And so, when do you expect to have this, or striving to have this project done?
2: Um, hopefully by summer or fall. What's crazy is that. The labor in terms of the the song. Oh, this year? Yeah, that's soon. I know, right? It's. I mean, you know, nothing's guaranteed, but
0: nothing is guaranteed. Yeah, no, right? Puns yeah. for days, right? <laughs> um,
2: I want to perform that, but I'm not good enough of a singer yet to. Uh, what to song actually,
0: title was that? The labor. The
2: labor. That's lab- the first that's song, the first one. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. Actually, some of my favorite songs I don't perform live. It's very
0: personal. There was a lot more family stuff in there. That too, if I but right.
2: also because uh, I'm a. Big like advocate of sounding good live, yeah. And you, it's as a rap fan, I could say that uh, the live performances of a lot of rappers are kind of subpar, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of my like favorite artists, right? Some of them have their vocal, their entire vocals in there. I'm like, what is this? Like, mm-hmm. um, so I don't. Some of my favorite songs, I don't perform because I haven't had the, uh, I don't have like the the vocal confidence yet or the ability to uh, really to sing that because you know that's what mixing right it has (laughs) reverb and stuff Mm -hmm. like with with the songs I'm performing right now I could do that in any space like I've done I I can rap essentially without speakers without any monitors feeding back to me but singing is a little different I need more I need more help with that because Mm -hmm. I need it's uh, I'm not that great at it yet
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's I appreciate that in terms of self-reflection as an artist Mm -hmm. and, and live performance
2: like, yeah, I mean, J. Cole said it. It's like you make most of your money touring and merchandise, mm-hmm. and if you sound like shit touring, you could have one. You can have one tour, but if your whole reputation was like, oh, he was all right live, like I wouldn't go see him again. Guess what? Like, you're not gonna be able to perform as much in the future. Mm-hmm. No one's gonna book you for mm-hmm. shit.
0: It's interesting how I've been to some concerts. Like I saw um, the weekend in. 2012 I think when he was either 12 or 13 when he was at Coachella uh-huh. and then he was not good Yeah, like and people were leaving
2: oh really yeah
0: but then a few years later he just got better live it takes time Yeah,
2: it takes time and it takes live is it again it's a different thing that I practiced you know I, I, it's a, I put the same process um, you know studying and analyzing live performances as I do with just like the studio version of the music I spend a lot of time, I'll rehearse
0: a lot, you know. Um, How do you critique yourself and how do you assess yourself? Recordings uh, like of your performance and or what other tool and then what do you specifically look for in terms of assessing how you are artistically?
2: Yeah, so I mean, your delivery for that song is definitely important. So... And you can deliver things all types of ways, but you have to find the right way to deliver something for that given song. So I'm very picky. I do a lot of takes. Like I I have all the time in my, you know, again, it's a different, it's a different craft. Recording is a different craft from mixing and mm-hmm. writing. They're all separate things that you have to have mastery over if you're committed to doing that, right? So, you know, I record and I... Once I'm satisfied with the delivery of it and like how I enunciate things and stuff like that, and if I'm you know in tune, <laughs> if I'm in tune, then then I rock with it. Um, in terms of live performances, I critique my movement, I critique my um, how much I'm pushing my vocal. Like sometimes you could you could yell something out and it just sounds hella hype. And it, and it is hype, right? A lot of people don't really pay it. T- if if you bring energy, a lot of people will kind of give you leeway on your vocal performance because you're giving so much energy. But I still wanna, I still wanna be clear and heard and audible. Mm. So, I'm I'm looking at my movement. I'm looking at my breathing. I'm looking at just a lot of things, you know. Just like what, just sharp, just staying sharp on, on the stage and also in the on the microphone.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's like a reflective kind mm-hmm. of process mm-hmm. of you improving. Do you it sounds like you also hold yourself to standards of the artists that you admire and yeah. that you like like seeing perform live mm-hmm. and all that.
2: Like I saw you know I, I would watch videos of Kendrick Lamar back in the day and he wasn't the best live performer. Um he was getting a sense of where his voice was comfortable in a live setting and I watched him during the damn I actually saw him live during the damn tour mm, mm. and he was fucking killing it. He was great. Like, like the songs where he had a lower delivery, he pulled off like perfect in that concert setting. Given that he has a lot more effects now, he has a
0: big yeah. budget. Yeah. But yeah. All the audio engineers to help support mm-hmm, and all mm-hmm. that. Bro, I saw Kendrick Lamar open for J. Cole. That's like, wild. And it was, it was just him on stage mm-hmm. and people were like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Cool like that versus like say that big performance when was it the grammy when he was um like in in the uh, prison prison? yeah Yeah. bro like and changing and um different costume changes Mm -hmm, and all mm -hmm. that like just blew up he leveled up
2: he leveled up and it speaks to his longevity right now Mm. same thing with like j cole and and drake and all those guys who are sharp like when they're touring they're sharp
0: speaking of leveling up I think you leveled up with this recent release. Oh, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the release before we actually hear it?
2: Yeah, so these two songs uh, are part of a single release called What A Time. And it contains two tracks, which is Zone and What A Time. uh, Like self-titled, I guess. And for me, it was really just trying to get What A Time out because I'm speaking on a period, period of time where... I was speaking on events of last year like I mentioned Fires I mentioned uh uh Neil Wilson uh, uh just like so, just like stuff from last year so I really wanted to get that out and so these are songs I also produced myself mm. and uh so I produced these myself with the help of uh, a pianist and a trumpet player for What A Time mm. so they came in and just like transformed it and have made it so much better mm. made it so much jazzier right mm. um so, uh, sorry, I got I, I got lost. I got yeah, have lost. you
0: had a lot of experience already producing before this, like your own tracks and what? Like, how did you get to the point that you are able to produce these?
2: Yeah, I mean, I st- you know I started producing uh, last year. I started producing last year, like like a couple months after the Labor of Love. Oh no, two years ago. It's two thousand nineteen. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah, I, I
0: to that. Wait, when did Labor oh, no, no. of Love oh, come out? 2017, sorry, sorry. When did Labor of Love come out?
2: End of 2017? Oh, no, beginning of two, 2018. 18, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, January. So, yeah, so I started a couple months after the Labor of Love and I was, uh, I had Machine actually, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. that program. And so I was just really just playing around, doing some sampling and drums, getting a sense of the sequencer and stuff like that. And then it wasn't until like, a, like maybe like, maybe summertime I got Ableton. And, and that shit was just kind of, I was kind of, t- I was like, I felt like I was crawling like a bait. I felt like a baby again. You know, you, you, when you develop a workflow that you just like are used to, yep. but when you're learning something new, it gets frustrating. It gets frustrating because you're trying to, you're trying to do things that you think would be easy, but you don't know how yet. Right.
0: And so. And then you find out, <laughs> oh, that's how you do it. That shit hella easy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it just takes learning, you know. Yep. And totally different from Pro Tools. Ableton is a different beast from Pro Tools. Yeah,
2: Ableton has... I love it because it's so uh, friendly to just creating at that yeah. moment. Whereas yeah. Pro Tools, you have to do a couple things, create yeah, this, yeah, bust it yeah, here, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, but Ableton's tight in that sense. Um,
0: but I cannot mix in a- Ableton.
2: Yeah, because I, I hate how uh, it doesn't have... Um, It doesn't have the fader, uh, the window. You know how there's that Mm -hmm, window and mm -hmm. then the window and then you have the window with a bunch of faders on it. It has that, but you know how it it has your inserts along the the row? the top, yeah. And Ableton, those aren't inserts for plugins; they're for cli- clips, like MIDI clips. Mm-hmm. And so that was tripping me up. I'm trying to press on it. I was like, I'm not trying to record MIDI right now. <laughs> like, I was trying to freaking use some effects. Yeah, and there's certain things too, how you can make uh, enlarge your waveforms without mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. without changing volume, velocity. Mm-hmm. And it's important when you're trying to like see what the what a problem is in, mm-hmm. within audio and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, they're both great at uh, certain things. Honestly, if I think if Ableton has a uh, a real playlisting system where you could playlist uh, playlist your uh, your vocals? takes. Yeah. yeah, it would be it would be pretty. That's really? give Pro Tools a run for their money.
0: I think. It would if it also increased its waveform waveform editing capabilities. Yeah, like making enlarging it, it mm-hmm. and like even fine tuning the fades mm-hmm. and cutting out. I think that's the only thing that Pro Tools yeah. really has it unlock in terms of yeah because of waveform the visualization mm-hmm. of the waveform. Mm-hmm.
2: Because oh. when when you're when you're recording, you record low, right? Um, and so if you're on Ableton, it looks so small that <laughs> I can't put, I can't tiny. see like. Like breaths and like stuff like that, and it's just frustrating.
0: That's why I'm also amazed when I hear some homies like shoot me a mix. And they're like, "Yeah, I just did it in mm-hmm. Ableton." I'm like, "Bruh, the vocals sound clean as fuck." Yeah. And then it's on Ableton, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "I can't do that." It's just,
2: I guess they just know. They
0: just learned. They. Just Mike know.
2: Dean. Mike Dean did a lot of Travis Scott's work on Ableton, just like.
0: Are you even mixing it in there.
2: Mixing it in there, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, let's see with this what a time i think i'd like to hear both in succession In succession so we can we can see it as a unit okay is that good
2: yeah let me um if you can lower the beat just a little bit and then bring up the monitor volume on your on your interface
0: gotcha fam so this is uh, what a time we're gonna i'm actually (coughs) fanboying because this zone piece this is gonna be like, I remember hearing it. I was like, bruh, this hits the spot. Yeah. And some of the homies, like, really liked it too. Okay, so, cool. Right here, dude, 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 Filipino Garage, uh, we got Rudy spot. Kalma. Let me, let me, let me do a little bit of a, just yeah, like, refresh album. myself yeah, because
2: uh, for some reason, like, the last two tracks, like, my memory just, like, lapsed. So. Word. I just need to. I don't know why. It happens like that. Sometimes, like I watch Nas, and he look. He seems like he has really bad energy. Uh, not energy. Uh, memory. Uh, yeah. And he like forgets a lot of lyrics. I was like, man, I'm I'm ending up just like Nas. So <laughs> so,
0: I need to. Uh, it's because you have so many words in your head. Yeah, it's all kinda, the things that you're writing and everything. Yeah, like it's kind of also like legendary when you hear about people who don't use any lyrics any written lyrics Mm -hmm. right like you hear about Mm jay-z being like that and then recently i was listening to the engineer of (coughs) um what's the face meek mill meek mill and he's supposedly just like that as well just Mm -hmm. comes in with it all constructed in his head Mm -hmm. no written down thing. like what the fuck i can't remember like eight bars yeah max max maybe like but he has whole songs constructed yeah head. i've I've
2: read and heard like jay-z has a pretty impeccable memory yeah just from how he started writing i guess because like he was t- traveling on a train and shit like and he didn't have a pen and pad he would spend all that time just thinking about me like his bars yeah so yeah. but yeah all right let's rock man. all right, let's, all right rock.
0: let's go what a Ooh. time zone
2: i'm gonna bump Ooh. the beat up yo yes yes sir
1: Let me get this right, yes sir. I've been in my zone, I've been patient I've been knocking down my obstacles for show. I've been training, I've been humble, Spent time mopping up the floor Put my money when my mouth is always writing out my wrong, slowly see familiar faces congregating at my shows, yeah, I've been in my zone, yeah, I've been in my zone I've been in my zone, yeah I've been in my zone, yeah I've been in my zone, yeah, I've been in my zone, yeah, I've been in my zone Trojan horses at the gate I won't let them in no way, the line with some white chalk, as if this war this is your fate, keep assumptions to yourself and I won't slap you in your face They didn't think I'd still be living or be running at this pace, I'm facing back the three point line, I'm Reggie Miller fade away, okay. in 8th grade I almost took my life, a rusty razor blade was on my neck, I held my breath held my fucking breath, by my desk, a grimace on my face, a stone within my chest, boy I'm blessed of tussing with the devil, don't poke at my chest up next, that's, that's some funny, funny shit. shit that's a fucking stretch, boy Get slept. I, I knock, knock you your, out. You're easy, easy if you stanky breath. Cause if you see me on this stage, I, I swear to God, God I feel possessed. I've been in my zone. 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 Yeah, 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 I've been in my zone. Yeah. Sour diesel gassing for my people. Filipino eagle elevated, hunting for some prey. My talent's very lethal. What you mean? It's a drama show when broody hit the ring. Let it rain busting shots at you With fire in your stream I don't dream I just execute And that's by any means My routine consists of discipline And fucking up the scene It's a breeze When you've been destined For this music thing it seems I'ma bring bring up my familiar And my motherfucking motherfucking team It was always in my head It wasn't planned to be But it was meant to be And it was always in my head Afraid of failure But the biggest danger Will be following the trend Like a sailor anchored In the open seas You gotta take a risk And ride the open breeze We're not an accident We got a purpose See I mean I've been in my my zone I've been in my zone yeah 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 I've been in my zone yeah
0: I've been in my zone yeah Hey man That was
1: pretty
0: solid That was fucking good bro That's a This is like a legit Jam to ride out to Thank you. I've been listening to this While riding on my bike fam. Say that like, again? I've been listening to this while riding on my bike. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, just ride It's a around. bright track. It's very yeah, bright, yeah, very yeah. vibrant. Yeah, very bouncy, yeah. like a good amount of like energy and all. Yeah,
2: but what a time. What a time. This one, yeah. Let me just let it speak for itself. Uh, can we turn the uh, monitor up a little bit? Okay, cool. cool.
1: Yes. Verbal manifesto, right into my Death Note, I call Rudi Kama Coming from the West Coast, tuning to my Drama, trying to make it less though Taking all the drama. tracing with my Pen strokes, yeah, organize the food for Thought like a bento meal, Bomb, Trying to cut my cars, fuck a rental deal <laughs> Owning what I got on my Ten toes will keep my sword on guard I won't bend no nail, I'm defying Addressing all my colors like a stylist Trying to calm the troubles with my highness uh. Pop the tire, riding through The night it gleams, lonely in this dying spring Gotta keep my focus Silence Guide me through the night got up my dosage Violence All around my size I find it different How I'm feeling In this quarter of my life Oh, I'm deprived But I'm alive Oh, what a time What a time What a time, what a time. Ollie on the keys, Micah on the trumpet. Yes. Yeah, oh, what a time, what a time in the summertime. Rest in peace, your Wilson. Another mother cries, another father cries, voices harmonized, singing more for terror, stricken grief is very patronized. Stream of thoughts, interference, says I'm living lost. People puffing on their ism, it's a prison locked or free in thought. Depends on who you're not, and on where you're at, and the things you got. I ought to keep my paws in motion, never alternatives. The ever changing cities in my automotive. From Palo Alto, Daly City, to the town of Oakland. The in between the two extremes, and those who are out and homeless. Yeah, California on fire. Yeah, we be chilling though. Vibrate high, your suffering is living. Is it really though? Is it really though? Yes, sir. (laughs) Gotta keep my focus, silence, guide me through the night. Gotta up my dosage, violence. All around my size I find it different How I'm feeling In this quarter of my life Oh, I'm deprived But I'm alive Oh, what all the time Yeah was living by my alma mater delivering pies All the while I made the album diminishing ties All the while my student debt was increasing in size All the while my pray my women is willing to ride I'm willing to die, willing to cry, willing to mine Papa Willie on them, the pocket really defined by the hand Connected to the soul of the man Cautionary tales kept me wholesome, I am who I am Credits to my folks, understand I am nothing but a product of the ghost Who laid the path that I've chosen to stand Walk the line, plot design, spot the lie Modified the hardest times, developing my uh. So I seek in the harsh winds, dark skin meeting the shine. March in, heated the battle. Now my movement defined by my travels in this universe. Let the melody rise, huh? Yes, yes. Uh huh. Oh, what a time. Gotta keep my focus. Silence guide me through the night. Got up my dosage. Violence all around my size I find it different how I'm feeling In this quarter of my life Oh, I'm deprived but I'm alive all what a time Yes, 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 Lord
0: They killed it. Shout out the musicians again. Who are they? We got Ollie on the keys
2: and Mike on the trumpet. How Shout do you know that? Um, I met them through uh, Sejo Froggy because he was like in a like a jazz band for uh, school and stuff. And the, uh. these, you know, these are jazz players, so they really just went in and they just ripped it from the jump. Like all I needed to do was kind of organize some things, but they just did some jazzy like Impromptu type stuff, and I was like loving it. I was just like Birdman, like <laughs> palm, just like this is amazing right <laughs> now. But I'm, I'm so excited to do this, and I, that was my first time mixing trumpet too, like a, a re- tracking and mixing a trumpet. So it was really cool experience
0: mm. um, doing li- the live elements like that, bro. As 1 year out of producing this shit is clean as fuck man well, like especially zone <laughs> yeah, i would yeah. say what a time was uh
2: one of those beats early on i pr- i produced it the uh, the foundation of it last year and i was just kind of stuck on it for a while um it was taking a really long time to get that shit done or getting any track that i felt like i could rap over any of my own beats that I wanted to rap over, but I knew what a time was special. There was something about it. Maybe it was just the loop, the the groove of it, and just the BPM and everything. Like, I'm, I always, li- I, I I love being within like the 90s BPM, the like the mm-hmm. ni- uh, like 90, just, 94 to like saying. 98, yep, 99. Yep. So I love that. But, you know, so it, it was taking such a long time. And then I was kind of like having, I was struggling. I was struggling with creating at that point. Like I wasn't really writing a lot and I wasn't doing too much producing either. And then Mac Miller died. Mm. And, um, that kind of, that kind of like took me to this weird place where like, you know, like, damn bro. Like he's such a, for one, a figure in hip hop. He's such a big figure in hip hop. Um, and also just like growing up you know all my homies all all them listening to mac miller and just vibing out to his songs and him knowing him as a producer doing his own doing his own shit like i guess it got i guess like it just drew it gave me a uh his death gave me some sort of weird just driving push to to start um, t- uh, taking all these beats to the next level. So I finished up What A Time, and then I did Zone. And Zone was a faster one. Zone was like a matter of like like a day, like two days. Damn! Yeah, in terms of just the base of it and just editing where the hats would go at that point, right? Post-production, after the vocals are in. So I was actually really surprised. Zone was like low-key. as Like sonically, it doesn't sound like Travis Scott's... Uh, stop trying to be god but uh, i heard the harmonica in that song that's like damn i want a harmonica Mm. um in that track and so my favorite thing in that track is the harmonica (laughs) interesting
0: my favorite part of it is actually the drums and the bass uh in the beginning of how it Mm -hmm. it's uh it's more of a the drums are an eight bar Right. Instead of a four bar loop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's an eight bar that's yeah. very like bouncy. It's not just a strict one, two, three, four, one. Yeah. What, and
2: what, what's funny was that I was uh, setting this is This was like a, for me, it's a flash release. I didn't have much like promotion for it, right? On Instagram. My manager's like, you know, just in shambles, like, bro, like, you got to promote this. But I was like, oh, we don't have time because I want to put it out already because what a time. It's like time sensitive to you know, what I was speaking on last year, and it's already 2019, so I just wanted to get it out. And so when I was uh, when I was doing the final mix, I noticed that all my drums were just loops. And I was like, oh, fuck. I forgot about, like, editing the drums and, like, you know, making it unique. And so mm-hmm, I spent, mm-hmm. like, two days, two days of, like, s- 12-hour sessions, 16-hour sessions of just working on, like, the hi-hats and the drums and the, the snares and stuff. And so yeah damn yeah because i was like wow i didn't spend any time like (laughs) like switching things up when i was uh doing the mix i was just focusing on mixing at that point and and i realized how stale it was like so that's why all the kicks are kind of unique every four bars there's something different a little Mm -hmm. bit different Mm -hmm. about the kicks or like the hi-hat patterns and stuff like that
0: uh a little some of the content um (laughs) i heard like rusty blade to the neck
2: oh yeah yeah What
0: what's behind that so
2: in zone i talk about like a moment where uh like i was like gonna commit suicide and this was like in the eighth grade and i was just like having a hard time and uh i was getting a lot of trouble in school like i f- i got caught like forging like my report cards and stuff hmm. and like i feel like i was gonna like going i was gonna get expelled i feel like but i didn't surprisingly um just to go on a tangent I feel like I got saved because I was doing theater actually in uh, in junior high as well. And the principal was the drama director. And I feel like he gave me some sort of lee- leeway. And isn't that crazy, right? Like, you know, if like people who find potential in you or if you're talented, you get leeway for certain things, whether it's really bad or just like a, a just a mistake that you have happened to have done and you shouldn't do again. But that's just a whole nother conversation. But so... Um. Yeah, and I was just feeling down again. I didn't have writing to back me up. I couldn't express myself. I felt like my, you know, I let my family down, and like, you know, wasting, thinking I was gonna get expelled. I was like wasting, uh, wasting their money, wasting their time, and stuff like that. You know, I was just like, I had this firm, like firm thing in my head. I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna kill myself. You know, and uh, you know, it was like after school, like my mom and my dad are at work and uh i was like i was just like in my room and i had like uh um, for the sake of the rhyme i said razor blade but it was just like a a kitchen knife you know Mm -hmm. it was a kitchen knife um it was a kitchen knife and then uh so i was just like it was like just right there you know i was just right there i i didn't i had no clue if i was gonna do it or not you know i was i was just right there and then my little brother walked in and you know he was like uh he's very he was very young at this point he was born in a 2003 so this is 2008 so he's only like five right so he walked in and i just stopped like you know i just just because i was shocked that he came in the room and stuff and then you know that was kind of the end of that mm. um i don't think my brother remembers uh, maybe he's just somewhere far back in his memory but uh yeah that's what that's what i was referencing
0: Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah, no doubt. Because that's just some heavy things that a lot of people go through. But yeah, we don't necessarily talk about it. Yeah, all the time. Like I've had some homies like talk to me about their lows and mm-hmm. like come at me, and it comes as a surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, you were really considering that. Yeah. And it sucks that uh, I'm only told like after the fact, mm-hmm. right? That I'm happy <laughs> that. They've gotten through it, but it's like sucks also that you had to experience that or go through it yourself, yeah, and by yourself too, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that people are more talking about it, so that folks who do have those experiences don't feel alone.
2: Yeah, um, no doubt. Yeah. That's exactly why I said it. I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't want anyone who may not know what they want to do yet or how, how they express how they want to express themselves. I don't want ever want want them to see in the see them in the position that I, I was in when I was like that young um, it's a constant fight you know I think mental health is a big subject and theme in my music mm. um, just because I live with it right and like you know it's it's one of those mysterious things you wonder why you feel so heavy about things and why you feel like you know there's like these negative forces like in your head and they're like speaking to you and telling you to do something that you shouldn't do and stuff like that
0: Mm. yeah, what got you through it or got you to a better place after that moment with your brother and you stopped? What kind of shifted things for you that you didn't return to that point
2: um yeah so this was eighth grade I mean high school came that's when I discovered hip hop music, so that kind of kept me balanced and that kept me upright for the most part uh um, and I don't know, like, any deep answer, but I was just occupied. I after that point, like, I was occupied. Like, I felt like I was a little happier um, at that point in life. And then, like, junior year and senior year, though, were pretty bad. Like, uh, for for my just kind of like where my headspace was at in uh, in high school. Um, but it, I don't think I've ever been reached that point like it was in the eighth grade, mm. like where I was like really like that close. And like, again, I don't know if I would have done it, but um, yeah.
0: But still like to get to that point like yeah. at so, eighth grade too. Mm. like you, What are you like, 13? Like that? Yeah. 12, 13 in yeah. eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Damn. And... I mean, I'm glad that you have told your story. Mm-hmm. You do have a platform that people listen to it. Yeah. And that you are right now putting out good ass music. Yeah. Right. Um, I wanted to ask about another mention, though, in I think it was one time you mentioned Palo Alto. Why you, why you shout out Palo Alto? What's the oh, story behind that? It, oh, it's because,
2: you know, this, this was a time where I started driving Lyft a lot. Right? And I would spend two, three days out of the week going, coming here to the Bay Area and driving people, you know because my parents are here, so I could just sleep over. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I sleep over at my manager's house because uh, he lives in, in the mission. And so for me, you know, when they say the Bay Area has changed, you could definitely see that right in front of you if you live at a certain place in, in, in the Bay Area, but you can really see it change when you're driving through the entire Bay Area at uh. a constant rate. Right, and I'm going through Palo Alto and seeing and like Mountain View areas and stuff like that. Seeing Google and all the other big companies are there, that are there, and then you see like the older Pol- There's the there's the new section of the town, an old section. And then you see old Palo Alto, and it's like, you know, it's it's not like the ghetto, but it's just like more. It's noticeably like from an older place, older moment of time. Um, you definitely see that in San Francisco, um, the Mission District. Is uh really gentrified right now? I actually had a passenger. It was 5 a.m. because I would start pretty early. That's where you can make the most money with the least amount of traffic and trouble. You know, in terms of, and people have are, generally are in better moods because their day hasn't started yet, and so they're a little. At 5 a.m.
0: Yeah,
2: or like just like commute. Around. Five a.m. Starting at 5 a.m. But yeah. like once I hit seven, you know, we have the commute. I get I get the commuters going yeah, yeah, going yeah. to their work, yeah. um, and they're a little more positive because nothing no bullshit has happened yet. Um, so I got this dude from the mission district 5am. He, I pick him up and I notice his, his destination is just like around the corner. It's like, what is this? And he's like, Hey man, I actually, uh, don't need you to drive me anywhere. He's like, I'm really new in this town. And I heard like, like a woman screaming, like, help, help. Like, uh, like someone's attacking me. And, uh, and then he's like, yeah, can you like drive around the block? drive around the block for me and I'm like uh okay I was like fuck it so oh, he
0: didn't get in the car
2: no he, he did get in the did. car with okay. me and he was like scoping it out and okay. then you know if we're going around the block and then there's an alleyway that splits in between you know the different the house on this side house on that side and then um, he's like yeah the, the voices came out of there because that's where my window is that alley and I'm like cool it looks like you know it's just like a bunch of homeless people sleeping he's like yeah can you like drive through there for me I'm like what <laughs> And so we jumped through there and he's like, yeah, I just moved here. I'm super new here. I was like, that's why you're so fucking paranoid. (laughs) Granted, if you do hear someone like help, you should investigate a little bit or maybe like notify police or whatever. But it was probably just like someone who unfortunately, you know, is homeless or has a mental health issue and, or maybe on drugs currently. That was just kind of belting. You know, to uh, to people walking through the city, um, maybe even sometimes in Daly City, you hear that and you kind of just, like, turn the other way because it's yeah, just so yeah. normalized yeah, yeah. in your life. But, yeah, there's a lot of, like, new people, that new yeah. faces that you could tell. Like, they don't live here. yeah, Like, they haven't even spent, like, five years here yet or nothing like that.
0: Uh, The homie Joe who grew up around here, Westboro area, mm-hmm. every time he's like, bro, there's so many, like non-Filipinos now mm. like up in this area mm. especially when there's new developments mm. new people moving in versus when he grew up yeah. it was all just like Asians and Filipino oh. like right around here growing up and it's starting to overflow into Daly City man yeah the cost of living yeah, for Iran but- and all that starting to go up here too it's like mm. that overflow yeah. It's a little bit scary cuz I don't want the Filipino community to be pushed out cuz some are already moving out to like Hercules and like um P Town and all and I have this
2: massive like conspiracy like type
0: of like what?
2: futuristic uh what do you call it it's a uh not 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 the utopia a dystopian future where like you know like I I think of uh I think of like California as like Rome And then Uh one day California is going to fall, like all of California, because people are moving out, but that just means like, everyone's just going to keep moving. Like, I don't know where else to go. Like, how far can you move in California? Like in a comfortable situation where there's resources, the same resources around you where you used to live. And I just feel like I have this massive thing in my head, like, wow, California really about to be like done for done in like 70 years, 50 years. That's just like a random thing I was. Interesting.
0: Thinking of. That's I mean, my English
2: major. Like, I mean, that, yeah. people
0: analyze the U.S. like that mm-hmm. in terms of being this big old superpower, yeah. and over time, it's going, it's losing certain positions mm-hmm. because of critique, because mm-hmm. of bad things that they've done over expansion, sure. yeah. right? Even of like military might, sure. right? And that's what happened with Rome, and Mm -hmm. all these. uh, The even like if you look back, Japanese Empire, Mm -hmm. right? And like claiming space without having the capacity to maintain itself internally, and all. And even California, right? You've seen those statistics of it being like the what third to fifth largest economy, Mm -hmm. like as a country, like as if it was its own country, just California itself. Mm -hmm. But if you go up north. Or even drive through. There's a lot of empty land. Yeah. Right. It's just that we're all concentrated in these cities because yeah. of job opportunity. That's yeah. where it's all at. I think
2: there's like uh, there's something I uh, I came across where it was like in San Francisco, I think it's just about a million who actual residents. Correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe, uh, but. I think the comparison still stands but it's like a million residents but during the work week Mm -hmm. it jumps up to like two million Mm -hmm. people in the
0: city right so crazy it's crazy i have um folks who commute from like hercules to Mm. work in san francisco in the morning just because that's where a good job is and i got family in hercules too yeah yeah, even not even like salary jobs but Mm -hmm. like service jobs yeah right that's crazy like create just to do it just there just like working as a barista yeah but commuting all the way in the morning just because the job is okay there
2: yeah you know I, I get tech people who i drive sometimes and i ask them like you know i don't i'm not sure if it's clickbait but you know is a six-figure you know income you know sustainable for a, a, a individual one person lifestyle and they're like no like you still need housemates roommates and stuff like that like like even with six figures it's hard to maintain i guess uh you're, you if you wanted to live by your, by yourself yeah. it's it's really hard like you'd have to do some t- a lot of budgeting and a lot of like saving or whatever
0: how fucking crazy is that It's crazy. Fucking crazy. But I go to uh school and i my major is social welfare Mm. the projections of certain careers in that field is not that great in terms of salary Mm -hmm. right and then i have some classmates who are doing um cs computer Mm -hmm. science and i hear through the grapevine of what job offer they get like this dude gets like my roommate's friend got a job offer right out of college For a one thirty-five a year, one thirty-five k, bro. Yeah. I'm like, damn. But that's just that's almost normal mm. in the tech world for folks who like code and do that type of work. Um, but at the same time, the increase in cost for a place in San Francisco, like I saw this map of neighborhoods and how many how many minimum wage jobs you need to have a apartment mm. or just something to live in yeah. in like excelsior district mm. was like four wow. four, minimum four to seven something like that like just for a small apartment so it's crazy i don't really know where it is i'm now no economist yeah. i just know the issues that are there and it is just crazy that um, it's all happening, but I use all the apps. Mm. (laughs) I'm one motherfucking hypocrite, bro, because I'm on Google all day. So Facebook or IG and everything. So it's a weird thing where other people who probably think about these things more, they have some critique or some Mm -hmm. direction where it's going, but... Mm -hmm. I just make my podcast, man. Let's just Mm -hmm. see how it goes and see what these politicians and all do just Mm -hmm. in the end of it. Mm -hmm. Coming to uh, more on the end, Mm -hmm. I like asking, uh, thinking about your life story and your creative side too and your journey through school, whether that is also the catholic school also going uc davis or maybe to a young creative what three pieces of advice would you give to your younger self or a younger person with a similar story as yourself um stay
2: stay disciplined in what what you want to do uh because talent can only get you so far Mm. and you know talent will eventually fade too uh whereas if you keep your discipline you're at least the decline eventually it all comes to a decline um but when you're disciplined you keep up a little bit more whereas like if you're just focusing on your talent things change around you and you're just going to start declining so stay disciplined um be uh let's see stay disciplined be be humbled by all the experiences you have and and really think about really soak it in you know really soak in all the things that you learn in life and all the things that you go through because that'll help you move forward and also just uh is like straight up some like Gary V shit like love the process I actually identified with him a lot when I was making the labor some some of his like stuff too can he repeats a lot because essentially he's kind of right like What is there? What alternative is there but going forward? And like, you know, you have to love the work, the process of the work. And I really identified with that when he said that. Like, I just keep my shit, keep my keep my head down at what I'm working on, as opposed to just looking at the future. You know, I try not to compare my compare my uh my come up to people's highlights. You know what I mean? And I think people get people start getting discouraged because they they spend x amount of time doing this but then they see oh this dude spent this much time doing that and he's at a way bigger platform than i am it's like oh that's a sign that I, i'm i not meant for this it's like no everyone has their own uh way to success you know and it all has to just you just distract yourself with the work that you're doing especially if you love it and make it fun and you're gonna get to the place that you want to be i firmly i firmly do believe that I firmly believe that if you are in a field that you love and you are just completely focused on your work, you're going to, when you, one day you're going to look up and see all the things that you've accomplished over the period of time and be like, you know, I may not be, I may not be, may not be here yet, but I've done a lot of shit, Mm. you know, I'm a pretty small time artist, you know, I'm not even, even like I, I get decent streams and stuff. Right. Uh, but like my music videos, I don't have a lot of music videos. I'm and in, in just like a following, I don't have a huge following. But um, I, I'm optimistic in the sense that I know what I want to do and I know how how I want to execute it, and I I have the discipline to see it through and commit. Um, I'll be there one day. Mm. I'll mm. be there one day.
0: Yeah. And what was a Was the third. Did you get what was that three? Oh yeah. He Disci- discipline. discipline. Trust, like, the process. Trust the process. process
2: And uh, what about a literal one? Get some sleep. Sleep (laughs) is important. Do the essentials, you Uh, know?
0: In terms of discipline, what does your daily schedule look like in terms of also taking into account um, production and creating this project? Like, in the framework of being creative, Mm -hmm. what does it look like? What do you focus on in terms of uh, creating music? is this
2: assuming that? like uh is this assuming like i have the day to just
0: is I, I mean, the, uh, like working like working. let's do an average right taking into account that you are still working like yeah. a lift job mm-hmm. sometimes you mix things mm-hmm. like that what does it look like how do you stay grounded so that you still get the work done for your project um in terms of either labor of love or this upcoming one if, what does that balance look like
2: usually i'm just going um i'm just like pushing through and just experimenting i start you know like making beats and stuff and eventually i'll start writing but let's say if i'm stuck right if i'm stuck on something then i'll 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 double back and start like educating myself on certain things certain yeah. subjects and and finding answers. If you're stuck on something, find the answer. That's mm. that's really big. Like don't dwell on it. Don't let it don't let it go because you're going to find yourself in the same situation where you're creating and then you 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 have that same issue and then you're like, "Oh, I guess I'll stop. I guess I'll stop for now." But if you know what you're struggling at, you should look towards uh fixing it and finding a solution towards it. Mm. Cuz then then your the door's open,
0: right? I like asking what do you consider yourself as in terms of Filipino, Filipino American? Do you consider yourself American now that you're a citizen? What, mm. how do you label and view yourself in terms of that migration story?
2: Well, I definitely consider it's it's like both, you know. It's like I'm I'm Filipino. I was born in the Philippines. I speak Tagalog. I'm I'm immersed in the culture, you know, within my family space and stuff. And but I'm also Filipino American. Just just because I was raised here like most of my life, um, I don't really try to separate the two and in terms of like being like, "Oh, I'm just American, I mean, you know, I did take you know i take uh, you know you take that oath when you become a citizen and stuff, and it's like i, I sometimes I think on that as like, well, wow, I really like denounce my ties to my country, mm. you know that's essentially what you do, mm-hmm. you denounce your ties and you you know you pledge an oath to you know to the United States or wherever you're at. Um, I think about that too, but I'm really, I'm Filipino, I'm Filipino American, like to the core yeah. and it has American in it, you know, mm-hmm. definitely American, mm-hmm. but in a more spiritual sense, I don't want to get it tied up with being like colorblind. I don't think that's like a great term because it like ignores real things in history that have happened and real structures and stuff like that. But I do consider myself more and more. The more I, I navig- I'm I able to navigate my identity, the more I can kind of uh, see the world around me. I try to consider myself a, a, like a world citizen, like try to just kind of keep my eyes open for everything, you know, not be numb just because like someone else, somewhere else is like struggling with something. Mm. I have to care about that too. I have to practice like being that type of empathy and comp- compassion mm. towards people outside of yourself,
0: you know that you're a globalist bro (laughs) part of the one world order if you talk about immortal technique fam (laughs) (laughs) but I appreciate that perspective of a global citizen you don't have a lot of that in today's Mm. um, kind of discussions especially about immigration and all but that is a good perspective do you have any last messages, call outs shout outs before we move on pat uh any shout outs
2: uh, you know, shout out to my family for raising me, my titas who I, I used to, you know, come over and spend my time with and they showed me what, you know, what a good family day looks like mm. with church, some brunch, some, <laughs> some nice brunch. a nice dinner, you know what I mean? Go to a din you know, go to the diner, shit like that. Uh, shout out to just shout out to my whole family, all my blood. Um, shout out to my partner for being very patient with me as a creative. Uh shout out to uh everyone who has shown genuine support in what i'm pursuing um because that that type of real love and and energy it fuels me to keep going and working hard uh shout out to the squad rogue wave shout out to all my other uh any other creative affiliates creative partnerships that i've uh relationships that i've maintained with people um you know, shout out to Kuya Chris for having me on the podcast. Thank I was scared coming. as fuck, bro. You know, like <laughs> I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hermit. I'm a recluse. It's like, fuck, am I gonna do here? Like talking for two hours? I'm looking at MC Zuko shit. It's like,
1: fuck, that's just two hours. I look at Isabelle's. Like, fuck, two hours and
2: thirty minutes. I was like, I'm kind of scared, man. I'm kind of scared. I'm scared. We did two hours. Bro. I know it's. It, it, was, it was a flash. I looked at the clock. like, wow, I'm really doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I could start a podcast too. Bro, right? you
0: should. Yeah. I always encourage more people to do podcasts because it gives me more shit to listen to. Yeah. Right. Because especially, you don't I see love a lot podcasts I uh, bro- love podcasts, bro. Not
2: only just like educational ones, because I listen to like mix- mixing podcasts and stuff like that, music podcasts, mm-hmm. but also uh, like I like the Joe Rogan co- podcast yep, and the yep. shit they just like the shit that they talk about. Yep, yep, having yep. like Mike Tyson on. I watched the one with Mike Tyson. Oh, that and it was, was hilarious. I, was, like, I didn't know he experimented with drugs
0: like that. Mm-hmm. i was like okay go okay. ahead man you live, mean, live, live your life bro exploration of life and personality changes yeah. sometimes we get caught up in the patterns that we mm-hmm. live sometimes mm-hmm. that's like a tool you need an eye <laughs> opener a little bit yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want to go No. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> south america what? <laughs> what? <laughs> not here not here, no, here. where it's legal but yeah, I I do get a lot of podcasts. Thank you for coming on. I do appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you. I get a lot out of just listening to people and talking to and to uh, like the it gives me a chance to ask the questions that I want, mm. especially when I'm listening to music, right? Yeah. When I'm listening to your piece, I'm li- I'm like, "Oh, I wonder why he he said, said, said that." that. Yeah. Right? And then now I can actually ask. And as a fellow creative who likes making music, poetry, and mixing too, it becomes It's it's actually a very selfish thing why I have the podcast because I get to ask what I want, Mm -hmm. right? And at the same time, I feel it is an opportunity to share Mm -hmm. because our stories are definitely worth sharing. yeah And it's not always shared. It's not always (laughs) in the limelight. It's not always like the center of discussion, right? And I think coming from like an ethnic studies framework and thinking that we are we are worth studying we are worth um writing our mm. own stories also and i feel like this is one avenue to do that yeah. that's why i want more people to do it mm. too and hopefully we get that cash uh filipino restaurants Jolli, you want to sponsor <laughs> <laughs> um how can people get in contact with you and how can um what can people look out for
2: Uh, All my social media is at Rudy, R-U-D-Y, K-A-L-M-A. I'm pretty responsive to everything. So Instagram is the first thing. Hit me with a DM if you're interested. Um, And if it's a performance opportunity, we can discuss that further. What to look forward to, just some good music, projects, some experimentation and some some ceiling breaking Mm. and creating some sort of positive impact. Shout out, Mm. shout out to everyone who's paved the way so far. Like, Mm. you know, shout out to Ruby, shout out to, you know, the beat, beat rock, uh, crew. Cause those, those are people I'm now, now that, uh, I'm seeing that type of, uh, visibility, um, in hip, you know, Pinoy's in hip hop or like MC's in hip hop, uh, Pinoy MC's in hip hop. Mm -hmm. Um, not only am I, uh, you know motivated by that but I can also now I can really identify with them because they're Filipino too and I'm and they speak on things that are directly talking to me whereas mm-hmm. like you know I listen to Nas and he's talking about some you know some some things that are more so within his community even though they can kind of bleed over to different communities but hearing it directly from your your, your folk is different so it, right. it inspires me and all, all the things that they talk about all not just the people who are making it the people who are on the come up like me, you know, like like MC Zuko, like um, the Soul Vision crew. Mm. You know, mm. they inspire me. They inspire mm. me. They're nice with the keys, bro. Uh, uh, bro. Uh, bro, Savage Mind, real too. Savage Mind. He's nice bro. with the keys. Shout out to Savage bro.
0: Mind. Shout out to shout Nico. Flow. Uh, yeah, bro. This it's almost overwhelming how much there is in the Bay, and it's fucking. I can't wait. They're gonna, be a, every, they're gonna be a hit. Everyone is on the cusp. Like I feel there's just going to be a time in the next two years mm-hmm. where it's going to pop off for yeah. these folks. And I'm hella excited because mm-hmm. I am first and foremost a big fan of mm-hmm. a lot of these musicians yeah. and these artists. So I'm super excited. I'm, I'm surprised I did not actually ask you yet, where does Rudy Calma come from? <laughs> Your government name is...
2: Rudy Lopez Rudy Lopez Actually that's not Ru- my government name It's Rudolf Ru- Rudolf Rudolf Yeah so because my My Lola's name uh, Rest is soul Is uh, Rodolfo.
0: Mm. Yeah And then so Where did I Rudy become, Calma
2: come from Yeah so um, I'm not gonna say My very first MC moniker <laughs> That's no. for you That's for you you trying no. to slip you trying to trick me <laughs> um, Come on But eventually I got to Being called Rude Boy uh-huh. And for me It was like I just couldn't take myself seriously. Like I don't like responding to that. Like re- really, I started thinking about it. It's like I don't really want people calling me a rude boy. Like
0: where would that come from? Did you? Because did uh, somebody- when I was in
2: school, like people like uh, when I was in in middle school, I had these girls, and then they were just like saying
1: am a rude boy," the Rihanna all oh, the
2: Rihanna,
0: song. and so yeah.
2: I thought about that, um, and also I didn't want to like appropriate anything or like make that like hover over the, the real culture you know um, so i eventually became rudy kalma and the process of that was just finding a cool name that i kind of would like identify with and then i feel like i make pretty mellow music um even though i have some pretty like amp type songs um like i said my most favorite tracks are like things like the labor uh below the noise and those are really like melancholy, somber, Pizza Man too, mm-hmm. very somber sounding songs. And so, Calma, or just like, it's Spanish for calm. And I think it's, you know, Tagalog too translates damn near the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: Rudy Calma. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now we have that story. I was wondering where the, where Calma came from. Mm-hmm. But I guess it is the calm. And I see it in the music, it is more in that mellow tip. I think that's why that's why I resonate with it it's very it's very inspired by like that post boom bap where it still has that steady beat but it's not a hard hit but then it's a very mellow Mm -hmm. but you can ride it and still put in a lot of work. it's like my pocket that's like my element (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, And music dope do you have any last messages for anyone you know stay
1: up keep grinding uh you know, push, push hard,
2: find your pa- fat, uh, passion, find your passion, find your voice. And uh, that's pretty much it. I'm trying to do the same. So yeah.
0: Word. Thanks for coming on, brother. This Thank was you for coming. having me. Excited.